Hi, everyone. This episode of Matt and Andy's Trek Adventure. <laughs> you jumped Jesus into the top Christ. of the show. That's no, I jumped, I, that's literally how I do ads for Excellent Adventure. Oh, I see. But that's not Excellent Adventure, guys. You're listening to Star Trek The Next Conversation with Matt and Andy, and we're here thanks to the good folks at the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum in Hollywood, California. Hollywood and Highland, Crossroads of Entertainment. Boy, I can't think of a better way to spend an afternoon. The holidays are coming. Family could be uh, visiting you, maybe you live in the area. Or you guys are like uh, snowbirds. You're going to go to Los Angeles, sunny Los Angeles, to spend your Christmas. Well, first, don't get tricked by the Scientology Christmas display. Second, please enjoy the Ripley's Believe It or Not Auditorium uh, on Hollywood and Highland. It's a hoot. Uh, the T-Rex uh, has a Santa hat on it. So what better way to spend an afternoon of looking at oddities that you're asked to believe or not? Buy One, Get One is still available for Star Trek The Next Conversation. Listeners, tell them Matt and Andy sent you, and you will get two people in for the price of one. That's two for $20. What a deal. Here's the show. Podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Hi everyone. Welcome. Star Trek The Next Conversation, the greatest podcast in the Alpha Quadrant, hosted by Matt and Andy. I'm Matt. I'm Andy. I was all I was all. Flummoxed. I didn't know what you were waiting for. You didn't know, yeah, yeah. I was going to jump in. Sometimes was, Andy doesn't talk, and I'm like, I think he's waiting for me to say his name. <laughs> it was, a, it was a, such a beautiful opening, and I was really just wondering at the you know the professional slickness of the of the opening. I was like, this doesn't sound like our show. Yeah. And well, then I was waiting for my turn to say, and I'm Andy, but then you you scooped it up. So I was like, should I even be here? I scooped it up. Uh, <laughs> welcome. Uh, don't worry, everyone. Deanna Troy can sense emotions once again. Sure All can. is right with the Star Trek universe. Is it that different than before? Maybe not. <laughs> Possibly. Possibly. Wait a second. Did that go up already? The loss. Yes, that went up. Okay. Good. Yes. I was I gonna know. be. I was gonna like stop this podcast right now and say, Andy, we don't have to put one up. Let's go. <laughs> no. They. Uh, yeah. They, there was there was some uh, some loss from people. There, there was Did they feel the loss when we were off for Thanksgiving. People were a little. Some people were offended. Uh, how would you be offended? They're offended at my I can't that I came down hard on Troy. Oh oh oh. Um, but nobody sent in an hail directly about that. So tough luck. Yeah, tough luck, bub. Is our show? Um, I wanted to pew pew <laughs> phasers. I'm not shooting at you. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but today we're talking about Data's Day. Yeah, Data's Day. It's one of the Pantheon Matt Meyer episodes. An episode I uh, come back to again and again. I gotta tell you, 
I mean, we're gonna we're gonna hear all about it. Oh, we need. Should we write down what our what our thoughts and oh, our numbers thinking. are, Andy? Yeah, good thinking. Hang on, I'll give you a, a piece of paper here, Andy. You can write it down on the back of this envelope. Okay. Uh, and we'll give you a pen right now. Okay. We'd like you uh, to uh, write write down exactly what you're giving it before we sway each other with opinions. Andy, of course, needs uh, two hands to write down. <laughs> Oh, he's really thinking about it. The thing it. would he's slip really a slip off. Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> it's, I have a tilted desk. He so. does. He does. He's not lying. Boy, I can't wait to see what Andy writes down. But I'm not going to see it until the end of the show. Okay. Don't don't show me. Don't show me. I'm going to put this down, down right there. Okay. And then I will write down uh, on the top of the envelope uh, what I'm giving it. Yes. So you can hear the marker, everybody. Just, I know it's legit. <laughs> I think you just broke a sharpie over there. <laughs> All right, I've placed the uh, the envelope away from us. I think we already know, but uh, should they watch this episode? Always. Always, always watch it whenever it's on. Yeah, tune in. Yeah, I would certainly heartily agree. My opinion means nothing, but I'm saying you should watch it anyway. Andy, your opinion is respected by thousands, possibly. I guess based on all the people that listen to this podcast, that percentage probably would be accurate. Yeah. That a, that a couple of thousand <laughs> <laughs> appreciate my, my A couple of other nerds out there. Yeah. Andy. Matt. Shall we? Certainly. Jump on into the beautiful Admiral's Club? Lounge? Club. Club. <laughs> Let's. Go to Well, Andy, all they have to do is leave a five-star <laughs> review on Apple Podcasts, and they'll be treated with entry into the Admiral's Club. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, you know, we're going to have a little bit of a, a change of pace here, because Christopher Terrell, uh, I wonder any relation to uh, Captain Terrell. My guess is... Yes, definitely, 100%. Definitely, 100%, yes. Um, uh, wrote us, I use the podcast uh, app Podcast Republic, and you guys have three reviews, <laughs> all five stars, which is 100% of the reviews. I just reviewed Star Trek podcasts? I think so. Thought I would read a couple of them from oh, Podcast sure. Republic. My review, uh, one of the funniest Star Trek podcasts to feature Adam and Matt. This is such a beautiful mess. Did I just say Adam and Matt? They it did you say Adam? Adam and Matt. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I just ran past it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a joke, right? That's an intentional joke. I hope so. Joke. It's I very funny. That's an intentional joke. Um, Tron writes, with two N's, one of the funniest Star Trek podcasts to feature Adam and... Oh, wait. This is the same You just time. read that? Okay. That's from Tron. Jesse Mercury, a highlight of my <laughs> podcast listening, listening week. It certainly is a beautiful mess. I proved it right in that any, one. Any uh, <laughs> hint that we would get better this week is off the rails. James Katarski writes, if Yakety Sacks were a five-star podcast, this would be it. That's very uh, apropos, I think. It really is. If our podcast was a song, it would be Yakety Sacks. You think so? Yeah. Interesting. You don't think so? I guess it could be one of the one of the ones. What, what would the other one be? Guitarzan? <sighs> Something sad. <laughs> <laughs> Time, hello, in, time he- in a bottle. Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> um, and uh, then uh, the last one is from the regular iTunes, which is the one we uh, watch. Regular iTunes. <laughs> None of these special iTunes out there. For my uh, for 
for more you know that that's where we look more often and uh that one is just secunda from <laughs> this is great catstronaut 19 <laughs> oh nice catstronaut out there and he says i'm the ad-, or she says i'm the admiral president it's another it's another appropriate one. <laughs> That's Yakety Sex. I know. I mean it's the most appropriate. Boy, look, like, at how, look at how I happy feel like he my is. choice was also appropriate. Sure. I mean what is the uh, I think more appropriate for us is uh Oh boy, I can't find it. Oh there we go. Sometimes we feel a little bit more like this, buddy. Sometimes everything's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that is also true. Creep might be appropriate. <laughs> sure. Radiohead. <laughs> Hold on, Data. Your day's going to get better. <laughs> anyway. Um, send in your suggestions. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what do you think? This If this podcast was a song, what do you think? <laughs> Why not waste your time on that? You're wasting your time on everything else uh, uh, regarding us. Um, I'm done you, with you qualified it as in case someone was offended. <laughs> no, I don't want to be clear. Time. I don't mean that you're wasting your time the rest of your life no. just when you're listening to us. It's pretty clear that no one is just listening to the podcast. People are driving, people <laughs> so are commuting, people are walking, someone's on the treadmill. I would really feel bad for someone who is only listening to us in their life. Garacio's driving in traffic in Studio City right now. It's true. He's like, man, should I have gotten this Starbucks order or is that going to make me late? Or he's nodding off to sleep. He David, also listens to us as he's sleeping. Get the Starbucks. I say, get the coffee bean. <laughs> get yourself a big, fat, um, um, ice bean blended. Of coffee? White chocolate ice blended. Oh, there you go. With espresso swirl and whipped cream. Oh, you know, that'd be a good order, too. Uh, Joe, Joe, if you're listening to this, I know you, uh, hopefully, uh, everything went thumbs up tomorrow. Well, I guess today for you, if you're going to listen to this uh, post-surgery. Uh, uh, my buddy Joe, one of the best men at my wedding. Oh, good having luck, little, Joe. Having a little uh, surgerama tomorrow. And mm. uh, he previously asked me a question. I what hope is that's the... not what the doctor called it. That's not a good doctor. <laughs> He's uh, going to a discount <laughs> You doctor. ready for the surgerama, kid? <laughs> <laughs> Double thumbs. Hey, who's got two hands and going to do surgery on you? This, this guy. guy. Okay, so uh, that being said, he was uh, Joe asked me the question, what could I get at Starbucks that tastes the most like coffee ice cream? And oh. I feel like you answered it for him yeah, at, a, a, coffee at a coffee bean. bean. Yeah. What's your what is what is an Andy Secunda's Starbucks order? Uh, oh, a star- if, you know if what? If he's gonna go fuck himself, I don't tend to fuck myself at uh, at Starbucks b- because I don't like their uh, their their frappes. <laughs> <laughs> Secunda or Secunda? <laughs> at a horrible moment at work this week, where I literally couldn't figure out how to pronounce my own name. It was- so if I am having some kind of mental distress that's going to lead to a brain tumor then uh, you heard it here first guys it was really remarkable uh andy in a room full of people was getting like downright confused i'll put it in star trek terms for everybody uh remember uh on uh, when when they're on the planet there with harry mudd's androids and they have to trick the android <laughs> so it fries its circuits sure. that was essentially what was happening to andy when he couldn't figure out if his name was pronounced secunda or secunda and uh, it was a delight. I had him call his sister, who did not answer the phone. And then today on 
excellent adventure. We were talking about whether or not your name is Secunda or Secunda, and yeah. that's why I called you today. Uh, I was going to have you cameo on the pod on the excellent. It should delight all of you that the way that I figured out <laughs> how to pronounce my own name was to say my cheer. Secunda! <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's how you do it. Yeah, that's exactly how you do it. So everyone out there who's worried they're saying it wrong, you're not. Andy just forgot. <laughs> Anyway, we're done with the Admirals Club. If you want to scoot over, uh, sure. I'm gonna pop open the uh, doors to the magical uh, President's Circle Club. What are we calling it? Presidents. Uh, the United Federation of Pro- Planets President's President Circle. Circle. That's it. Lounge. I don't think officially we... it's a Centurion Lounge. Uh, Amex uh, required. I don't uh, know if we specify it. Well, I'm just gonna open that door right up. Okay. See what's happening in here. <laughs> Oh, Andy, here we are inside the United Federation of Planets President's Circle. Seems like, oh, they're they're playing our song in here. Oh, wow. A little Muzak. I think the uh, the DJ slash, oh, you know what they'll probably have in, uh, in this era, I was going to say in the future, is they'll have DJs for rooms. That's probably why they were playing the rain the whole time. It'll be like holodeck DJs. They weren't playing the rain, Andy. It was raining in here. It was a holodeck. That's what I'm saying is like there will be a DJ for oh, hologram. that pulls up the right Holodex program for you? Stuff. Yeah. It's but like, you know what? I think they want a little rain today, and now I'm going to add a little wind, and I'm going to... Oh, you got to call my cousin Phil. He just started holo-DJing. Yeah, holo-DJing. Holo nice. He is, I got to tell you, he's the best. He can get a room going anytime. Anytime he gets a room going. I don't I don't buy these celebrity holo DJs these they have these days. It's just like you're just using a little console like everybody else. Look, I think if you can have a holo DJ spinning outside of a pool at the Bellagio, then quite frankly, <laughs> I'm there. Um our first, Matt, you will be distressed to hear. Mm. We have we have two PayPal donations that were remainders from the President Circle in July. Andy, what how much money is in your PayPal account? Um, not not an enormous amount. Many of these donations are very small. <laughs> this one is huge. This one is from Stephen Price, and it was $47 that I didn't credit him for. Stephen Price, first of all, thank you so much. Second of all, congratulations for not getting more annoyed at Andy a month, three months ago. Now, it's, now he's Lieutenant Stephen Price. He's part of the Patreon, a legitimate member of the President's Circle. Uh... Steven, uh, leave a subspace message on the um, Patreon uh, President Circle posting for subspace messages, and uh, we'll be happy to read it on the podcast. Here's his for back in July. Welcome back, Matt and <laughs> and Matt. I don't even know what we're coming back from at that point. Our break, our long Oh, right, we had a hiatus. break. I know this piddling amount is nothing compared to the vast sums of money coming out of Matt's IVF budget. <laughs> now completed. Um, but I wanted to show my appreciation just the same. If it helps alleviate Matt's stress level even a tiny bit, even better. Glad we're finally putting season two to rest. Steven, you made me more stressed because Andy forgot you. So you had the inverse effect. Well, this... But I appreciate you, Steven. Thank you so much. This next one uh, will appropriately punish me because there is a song <laughs> that is accompanying this gentleman's... Uh, this gentleman's uh, failed PayPal donation. I mean, the United President's uh, uh, acknowledgement. Um, I thanks sent you to our DJ, uh, our hollow DJ, Polly Enterprise D. 
Uh, no, there's another song that he. Oh, he's playing. An, he's gonna. He's, he's queuing up another one he here in the holiday. Wrote. Wow. Let's, uh, well, uh, let's let's uh, make sure we can hear it for all it's worth. Yes. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and fade out. If the DJ will follow my node nodding. Yes. Okay. He's got it. Uh, node. He said node. node. My uh, node. I sent you 17 cents uh, at 11:56 uh, on July 31st. Never heard my name called on the podcast. Um, and he uh, sent this in. Um, ironically, I've been listening a lot to uh, Eminem. I've been back on an Eminem kick recently. Who has? You have? I have. I'm, this is not what I'm saying. Sometimes saying, I can't tell if he's reading don't or do, talking. All right, I'll do... <laughs> this is going to be the voice of all the emails from now on. Finally! Andy, you're using your real voice and on the podcast. Is, no, that's not me. <laughs> yes, it is! <laughs> anyway. Oh, thank God. Because that's hard for you to do the reg- this this podcast secunda voice. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> oh, there's Andy. I have a perfect voice for podcasting. <laughs> uh, this is from Alex Komanek. Mm-hmm. And here we go. Oh, oh, boy. That sure was a lot of deuterium today. Well, let's take a listen to Star Trek TNC. Maybe today will be the day that I get inducted into the president's circle. Andy, there's yes. no one who we have forgotten that PayPal'd us before the president's circle began. That's this true! Is a miracle! Oh this is unbelievable. I think no, we can celebrate on our own here. Teal Grace no longer hot. Rather have a beer. I feel these tanks of threats to tear. I can't even hear. You need that name back, could I would all be noise, but your podcast in my ear. There's probably a problem with the transponder or something. I sent you some money. I really hope you got it. I wanted to support my favorite Star Trek podcast. I sent it before August, but I didn't hear you list me. I hope you didn't do it intentionally just to diss me. <laughs> Maybe you didn't miss me. Maybe I wasn't listening. Maybe you mispronounced my last name as Kaminsky. I thought I'd get in, see? Probably did. But evidently, 17 cents can't guarantee entry. President's C-I-R-C-L-E I need to feel like part of Star Trek TNC Matt and Andy, please be the real MVCs The PayPal fees alone were three times what you received <laughs> You all about me Then you had a celebration Without even a mention of my token donation I think it's time to find a different conversation Perform my own kind of saucer separation Create my own circle 40,000 doors Self-repairing floors Smorgasbord and more who am I kidding? I can never quit you two. P.S. We should Jamaharon together too. I don't care if you ignore my 17 cents because I know in my heart that I'm the president. <laughs> no, that's not how it works. <laughs> oh my god, all that work. What a what a what a song. I have to say that was very uh, impressive. Very I love well the produced. I love the effort you put forth and uh, quite frankly, uh, you have more talent than Andy and I. So true. On display. Well done, number fun. <laughs> Shut up, Matt. Okay. That's what it sounds like inside his head. Your turn, Andy. All right. You uh, okay. Uh, now we're going to take a look at our uh, proper 
uh, President Circle members uh, with the Christopher Pike Medal of Valor awardees. I can't believe he finally knows how to. S- I wrote what, it down. What this is? Oh, that oh, was I love it. Note. No, great yeah. job. I'm proud of you. Uh, I'm going to keep it short today uh, because we have <laughs> so many others in this uh, portion of the ship, uh, and it is from Dan Costellic, who says, "If you were a hot dog, would you eat yourself?" I know I would. I'd cover myself in mustard and relish. I'd be delicious. Um, I have to say yes. And I like a hot dog with mustard and relish, but my preferred hot dog topping, Andy, is mustard and um, what you onions, say? chopped onions. Chopped onions. Yeah. How do you feel about a, a, a cheese on your... On your hot dog? No, thank you. No cheese. I think when I was a kid, I would do that kind of thing. Uh-huh. But, you know, I'm a grown-ass man. Where do you stand on bacon wrap hot dogs? What do you mean? Like, where do I stand on hot dogs that have been wrapped in bacon or in a bun or just, like, general... If you were a hot dog and you were standing and you <laughs> sure. were wrapped in bacon, would uh-huh. you prefer to be wrapped in bacon or prefer to not be wrapped in bacon? I gotta be honest. If I was wrapped in bacon as a hot dog, I'd probably be like, this is very cozy. Uh-huh. Uh, I'd feel okay about it. Sure. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'd probably just want to be left uh, with mustard on me. I love a bacon-wrapped hot dog. I'd love to be wrapped in bacon. Do you like a pretzel hot dog very know? much you do yes i didn't ex- anticipate that was happening andy my ex uh, actually uh, pointed me toward them she she really she really loved them your ex uh pretzel uh, wife oh yeah. sure 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 you hear that everybody ex you need someone who really likes a hot dog pretzel <laughs> I better get a stick to, to to swat away all these ladies. He's not hard to please. <laughs> uh, so sad. <laughs> um, okay. We're done with the uh, Admiral's Club, buddy. Oh, well. Uh, or we're done with the President's Circle. We're done with the whole thing. I guess I'll just get us out of here with some sort of magic transition uh, that I can't remember what we do. God, people must be so annoyed that I don't remember what happens here. It is amazing that it's kind of a... Okay, is that the Admiral's Club now. Yeah, uh, and I guess we'll go to the hallway for the hails. Believe it or not, everybody, none of those were hails. No. And that was the Admiral's Club. Okay, uh, this first hail is from Rebecca. Oh, the hail bag's officially open. Is that something I say? <laughs> you know, it's funny that it's kind of our brand to be a mess, and yeah. yet we really make no effort to maintain our... We make no effort? Sad yet. disorganization, inability yet. to remember what comes we next. We still manage to do it, though. Or uh, constantly misfiring sound cues. Um, it just happens, because that's who we are. This is from Rebecca Skipper. Uh, hello, Skipper. Hi, Skip. Hey, Skip. Uh, and she says, uh, my thoughts on TNG's The Loss. I've never liked TNG's The Loss, but after listening to your commentary um, and vits of the episode, I think that must be a misprint, but I can't imagine what it was. Um Anyway, uh, I'm convinced I should watch the episode again. Uh, I think comments on the episode. Although Troy is a jerk in this episode, I really like how she corrects Picard's flawed thinking about people with disabilities. I am totally blind and can tell you that Troy was right when she says that the idea that the other senses improve when one sense uh, is lost is a myth. Uh, 
in TNG The Whisper, mm-hmm. uh, Picard really annoys me when he raises his voice when speaking to the deaf character. Oh, so true. <laughs> did, I wonder if we commented on that. <laughs> I, I don't know. I wonder if we, we did. It really is insane. Aware of it because that is absolutely a crazy thing for him to have done. In the 24th century. Hello. <laughs> I've got this number one. Hello. <laughs> Don't you, the guy is like a, a well-known ambassador that communicates with everyone. It's like it's the equivalent of like, oh, Andy, this uh, this person is blind and they don't have a visor on. I'm assuming we're in Star Trek times. And yeah. then Andy's like, oh, that's okay. I'll just make myself bigger. <laughs> no, Andy, that's not how it works. Anyway, continue. She goes on. Uh, TNG's weakness, in a sense, is how it, it dealt with dis- disabilities. Uh, we just learned to use our other senses in a different way. I think Guinan is an underused character, and I really love the scene agree. between Troy and Guinan. Maybe Guinan is a better counselor, she says. Uh, Jordy's blindness isn't explored as much, and the scenes in the Naked Now and Generations where he longs for his sight mm-hmm. are not the best examples. One of the debates that you didn't have is what defines a disability. Is Deanna Troy disabled? Yes, because her inability to function after the loss of her powers overwhelms her. That's interesting. That's the definition of disability. I uh, I buy that, Def. Yeah. Um, however, I have to commend Star Trek for its ability to include people with disabilities in meaningful roles. Mm-hmm. Captain Picard could be uh, classified as a disabled person. Hey, don't of- spoil this for him. He, you just oh no, well, that's not spoiled, read. right? Did they? Because she had the Pulaski had to operate on his heart. His ticker. Oh right, yeah. his artificial so keep heart. Reading. Okay, there you go. Perhaps the writers inadvertently or purposefully changed the conversation. Um, Diana sees herself as being disabled. Others saw her as competent with the, even without her powers. This is a really good message for youths with disabilities. By the way, Q loses his powers and seems to learn some lessons as well. That's so true. Was he disabled when he stopped being omnipotent is my question to you, Matt. I didn't do the well, different he Andy certainly, voice. Well, he certainly feels it. Right. Do you know what I mean? He felt omnipotent, and that was sort of the... That was the... Um, crux of of everyone on the Enterprise not really knowing what to do with him. Here's an interesting comparison, because people are coming down with, on me about the Troy thing. <laughs> um, would, we Q, make, would we make these interesting comparisons if they were coming down on me, Andy? Uh, maybe, probably. <laughs> 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 I guess you would be making the comparisons. Sure. I would be sitting there watching, <laughs> enjoying you squirm. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> but whatever the case, Troy, Troy acts... Uh, in a similar manner, maybe even more of a brat than Q does when Q loses all omnipotence. That's true. She loses much less than Q. Well, she lost me, you know? And to us, it's comical when this guy loses all of his omnipotence. But when Troy loses it, we're supposed to be all upset and and empathetic. Look, I, you know, you guys know how I felt about the episode. I was on board. Right, uh, Andy, of course, not on board. That's no. that's Andy's thing, though, to not be on board. You know, we vary on that. <laughs> uh, whatever the case. Um, I love the fact that TNG uh, challenged races who thought that they were superior to humans. Not you, Andy. This is not you speaking? No. no it's Again, not, I'm not using, this sorry. is like, he changes the tone, not at all. This is, There's no... This is back to Skipper. Uh, Skipper says, I love the fact that TNG challenged races who thought that they were superior to humans, but it also challenged human arrogance, i.e. encounter at far point and all good things. Got a lot of references in this one. 24, uh, 24th century technology really challenges me to rethink what disability means. Thanks for changing my mind about this episode. It's interesting because we both gave it a very low rating, but I guess we did discuss it in great depth. Uh, 
I don't think my rating was that low. What was mine was definitely low. Yours was lower than mine. Uh-huh. I think I gave it a five or a six. I think I gave it a six. It was yeah. a little bit more watchable. You might have kicked mine up, and mine was like a two point five, and I don't remember if I kicked it Again, up. Again, this not. is why we do the thing of the doings. I don't know what that means. Well, Andy, it means this is why we've written down our scores beforehand. Oh yeah. Um, okay, uh, this is a voice hail from our good friend Livingston Picard, who's been a little under fire. They oh, no. took away, Livingston. No, they took away his uh, admin privileges. His Twitter account, Livingston Picard. Wait, who did? Why? Who Twitter took it away? did? Why did I Twitter take it away? It had something. To, I, I this is complete complete theorizing on my part. I assume it had something to do with the new Picard series, oh, and they did a sweep. But he has not said. But here, anyway, here's what he says. Hey there, Matt and Andy. This is Livingston Picard. I just wanted to say happy Thanksgiving to you guys and to Dory and Bo and whatever Andy's cat's name is. Omar oh, Little. We're sure thankful for you guys taking the time out of your busy, busy lives to record this silly but incredibly fun podcast. So thank you. We are thankful for you on this Thanksgiving. I'm sure not thankful for Twitter banning me for a second time. Not sure what uh, a ready room fish did to uh, piss them off. But now I am at Starfleet Consoles. I am now <laughs> you are the uh, selling those lovely L-Cars consoles that explode anytime the ship gets lightly jostled. And uh, it's full of rocks, if you haven't noticed. That's to help, you know, weigh them down and other reasons. Don't forget so, half a saw blade. Uh, actually, I don't remember if it's at Starfleet consoles or panels. Whatever. Uh, rest <laughs> in peace, Picard's fish. It's not a good ad for, for your Twitter, Livingston. I think Livingston <laughs> is doing the ad in the spirit of how we do things on this I podcast. I guess it is. He doesn't remember his own Twitter feed. Anyway, check it out. He's very funny. I don't know if it'll be themed the same. That's a real loss. The, the fish's uh, Twitter feed was very funny. Uh, anyway, it's Cosmo Moore. Should we do a whole episode about the loss of his Twitter account? Possibly. Is that, should that be a bonus pod? <laughs> I don't know what to do. Um, and then the uh, the last uh, thing in the hail bag is uh, Alyssa Lukeman. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Wrote us about 70 episodes ago about getting an engagement ring, I believe, that was pink quartz to look like dilithium crystals. Um, her and her beau, Taylor... Uh, got hitched in Vegas recently, and mm-hmm. uh, she was wearing a TOS Sciences uniform, and he was wearing a TNG Command uniform. So, congrats to you guys! Wow, that's a a big a big old congrats. Um, and with that, we close the hail bag. Clay, I'll bag close, sir. Frequencies closed, sir. Now we're ready for this day in Trek. From oh boy, oh boy, this Matthew is Kirk. Be really good because we're gonna hear some great number one hits. What what division would Matthew Kirk be in? He's you know how we have a 20th century historian on board the Enterprise that we only took into the holodeck to get killed. I do. That's mm, that's, that's who him. he is. That's Matthew Kirk. Mm. We're gonna take him along. Well, he us. was he was that guy's replacement. He was that guy's replacement. There you he's go, our, Matthew. He's Kirk. our 20th century historian. I wonder what rank that guy was. I feel like he was a lieutenant, right? I don't know. It's really you would up to lieutenant just looking at history? I don't think he just did that. I think he just like chose a specialty later, like when you're a doctor and then you're like, mm, uh, I like pancreases. I wonder who the biggest badass in those side those side specialties is. 
Like if there's like just a, a just a, a war machine of Well, I would think the chief security combat. officer would probably be like a combat specialist. Sure, but is there like say is one of these people that was just like, I know, I'm the biggest badass. I could beat Worf. But you know what? I'm more interested in history. I want to be in the history division. I could be. So you're saying someone in the history division has, yes. has decided that uh, since it would be embarrassing for Worf to be beaten by them, they're just going to slide <laughs> over to the history division. I wasn't ascribing that motivation to them. I was just saying that they That's were a more thing interested. They think, though. How much? How much? Uh, I'm on a real tangent here. How much? Somehow it's related s- to Star Trek, though. I know it's very unusual. How much say do you think they have? In the crew has in what sort of division and specialty they end up in. I think it's sort of like a thing of like, oh, there's a opening in astrometrics for a blah blah blah. And they should, apply. I, should I apply for that posting? Right. But then, do you think that Starfleet is like, no, you're good at whatever? I think it would be probably be up to the commanding officer uh-huh. slash uh, the commanding officer of that division of that department. I would guess would have that conversation with um, Riker. And do, well, I guess what I'm asking is, do you think Riker would be like, no, you're better at navigation. We need you at navigation. Oh, I think that he would. Uh, or he'd be like, well, that. you're in love he, with he this other thing. He would say that to them, and they would then either protest or agree. And then if they protest, he'd be like, okay. You're gonna you do, think they do would be chill about it? Yeah, interesting. In the 24th century? Yeah. Andy, things are great over there. Aren't they also emotionally adjusted that they don't even need to be in the division that they want to be in? They'll still be happy. <laughs> I'm emotionally adjusted to everything. <laughs> I don't. That has not been my experience. What? I don't understand. <laughs> Why would you say that about me? Oh, you know what? We had... Oh, oh Andy did it wrong. Something there's one more wrong. hell. So what I'm going to do... <laughs> Captain, Captain, we are being hailed. <laughs> Uh, oh, you know what it should have been? It should have been uh, this other one. Um, oh, I can't find it. Oh, well. Um, it just should have been an incoming message. Anyway, uh, this is from our friend Nick in Massachusetts. I think Nick might have gotten married a while back, too, and I don't know if I uh, cr- <laughs> credited him. <laughs> I don't know if you credit someone when they get married, but uh, Nick, if that's accurate... Uh, or if you're someone who has gotten married in the, in the, since the show has started and you just want to, you're a fan, let me know. Um, and um, I will give you your due kudos. In the meantime, here's an incoming voice hail from Nick, one of your countrymen. Hey, guys. Nick from Massachusetts. Go Sox. Um, I just have to say, and it's really not important, but it is to me, my two favorite fandoms in the entire world are Madonna and Star Trek. So anytime you guys have it's one a of your Madonna week minutes, for him. Um, it just makes my heart sing. Because, come on, Madonna and Star Trek, nothing better. Anyway, keep up the great work. Bye. Nothing, nothing better. <laughs> Love it. Nick, you're in luck because, uh, according to our ship's historian, Madonna's at the top of the charts again. That's right. With Justify My Love. So, Andy, I'm going to say the date. I'll tell you right now Okay. that this episode aired the week of January 7th, 1991. Nice. And, uh, well, I think we know what number one was, and it was Madonna. You know how Madonna, I, I feel like Madonna has, needs a, um, like a nickname. Yeah. You know, like how Springsteen is the boss. Well, she kind of did that for herself by I, I, picking a, a yeah. single name. I know, but like. Mm, like that. 
fiance's like Queen Bay. Right. I feel Ta- like Madonna Kanye's should be like easy. Yeah, Madonna yeah. should be like Motor, oh, Motor City Madonna. So I don't know. That doesn't make the Material sense. Girl. I'm done. We did it, there Andy. We did that. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Madonna, from now on, you shall be the Material Girl. That is good, though. She should be like a, 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 a boss type yes. person. Yeah, like a single name. Or well, double. she is already there. Yeah, I guess she's already there. Cher already is Cher. Yeah. Dolly Parton is shortened to Dolly. The Dolly should have one, too, come to think of it. Maybe they do in their circles. We're not really their circles, even though I was a huge Madonna fan. Back in their in the day. Cir- oh, I thought you meant like in their interpersonal actual circles. <laughs> no, I mean in guys personally. You can refer to me as whatever material girl. I've been on a real Kanye kick too lately. I don't know what's going on with me. I think you just need rhymes because you can't even understand how your name is pronounced. That may be, and I need to learn how it's how things are rhymed so I can figure out how my name is pronounced. Um, I wonder how many things to kind of. <laughs> Rhyme with you're like, many. you're like, is it like Davy Crockett's coonskin cap? Is that what it rhymes with? No, no. Is it the word under? Hmm, I don't know. And then you so you need rap to help you. I want us to have nicknames. I want I want things like Yeezy and uh, Ye- Yay, right? This and is Yeezus. This this podcast is not easy to do. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> oh, God. So bad inside for both of us right now. Justify My Love by Madonna and Sadness Part 1 by Enigma began the year on top of the U.S. and U.K. airwaves, respectively. A Life on the Road by Charles Kuralt was a bestseller, and Home Alone spent its eighth week on top of the box office, with its take exceeding $170 million. Were you on the Home Alone train? Very much so. Uh-huh. Very, very much so. I am dealing with some... Thing right now on this phone. I'm wondering if I should stop. We should stop for a half a second and then get back to this, Andy. Do you want? Let's just finish this day in track and then we'll circle back. Okie dokie. The Persian Gulf crisis escalates as the U.S. Congress authorizes the use of military force to defend Kuwait from Iraqi incursions. DC readers were treated to the first appearance of Tim Drake as the new Robin in Batman number oh, 457. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. That's credited to Mark Schultes. Um, the fourth WWF Royal Rumble special aired uh, in which Hulk Hogan defeated Earthquake as the final competitor. <laughs> sure. I remember that one, actually. Time Magazine's cover featured a creepily edited double portrait of the U.S. president with the caption, Men of the Year, the two George Bushes. Uh, the article was taking aim at his divergent personalities in international leadership and domestic management. That's it. Oh, my God. You perfectly timed, Andy. Yeah. You ended as as Madonna stepped away. I feel like that was more your doing than my doing, Matt. But no, no, but it. you did it. I did you it. stopped talking, I stopped and talking. Madonna decided to fade her. Oh, song you out. didn't fade it out. I didn't do that. I just sensed it coming. It ended. Like, Whew. Nick, we made your day. Star Trek and Madonna all wrapped up into one bacon covered hot dog. Um, that was Maddie. We were listening to Maddie. <laughs> Maddie in the morning. <laughs> Donna? Nick knows that. Nick knows that. That's my kiss. <laughs> nah. I'm coming up with Madonna. Don. Lady the Don. Don. The Don. Oh, come on. That's what she should be called because she's Italian. Madonna Ciccone, I Guys, think her name is. We're, we're, we're just solving problems we were never asked to solve. Left and right. We'll be right back. Well, you won't know that. We'll be back. <laughs> All right. Andy, I, I, Madonna's done. But we press on. With Larry Namachek's amazing book, Star Trek The Next Generation. Companion, revised edition. 
FYI, I was going to say, uh, we had a little bit of a TNG conversation a couple of minutes back. So even if this is the official start of the uh, the episode, uh, you know, maybe there's something worth your while. If, if people are like, oh, man, the episode started at the 39 minute or eight minute mark, I'm going to I'm going to just jump right over to there. Um, first of all, sorry, we're not entertaining on our own. <laughs> that, is, that was not Second, meant as a sour note to me. Second of all. <laughs> Uh, guess what? All the hails are about TNG. So what are you doing? Just listen to the podcast and enjoy yourselves. Or I will separate this saucer. I say appreciate the, the podcast however you wish. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> data, data. Um, data's understanding of human behavior is... Pu- oh, sorry, everybody. This is, of course, Data's Day, which is directed by Robert Weimer. Teleplay by Harold Apter and Ronald Demore. Story by Harold Apter. Pretty cool, right? I'm excited. Data's understanding of human behavior is put to the test when his friend Keiko Ishikawa gets cold feet on the eve of her wedding to Miles O'Brien and calls off the ceremony. Logically, the android reasons if calling off the wedding would make her happy, it will make O'Brien happy too. Of course, when Data delivers the news to the transporter chief, he quickly discovers otherwise. Jordy, however, assures him the ceremony will take place so the android purchases a gift with Worf's assistance and takes dancing lessons from Dr. Crusher. Meanwhile, the whole crew except for Data is made edgy by the presence of Ambassador Tapel, a cooler-than-usual Vulcan en route to... Is that... You think it's cooler-than-usual? Mm, maybe. Editorializing there, Larry. Just give me the goods. Back to the book. <laughs> Uh, they're en route for a historic treaty negotiations with the Romulans in the neutral zone. But shortly after Data refuses to grant the ambassador access to security information for which she has not been cleared, she is killed in a mysterious transporter accident. With her death, the treaty negotiations are called off and the Romulans prepare to depart. But a probe led by Data in his Sherlock Holmes persona, eh, also inaccurate, turns up uh, signs that her death was faked. Confronted with this information, Commander... Uh, Mendoc reveals the truth. Tapel was actually a deep cover spy for the Empire. The danger passed. The mood turns more joyful. Data walks his friend Keiko down the aisle, and she and O'Brien are married in a ceremony performed by Picard. All right, everyone. This is an interesting side note. Yeah, what's the side note? I was just prepping, but looking on uh, on uh, Memory Alpha. Yeah. Uh, uh, usually. 100% dependable. Memory Alpha. You're saying it's not dependable? I'm looking up uh, Keiko O'Brien. It states that uh, TNG, uh, unless I'm misreading this, it only it only mentions Imaginary Friend as her episode. It has a, a ton of DS9 references, but only Imaginary Friend, not even Data's Day. Um, oh, wait a minute. I'm looking in the wrong area. Boy, oh, boy. Of course oh, boy, I was oh, boy, wrong oh, and you were right. Stop spoiling yourself, Andy. Don't Data's spoil day. how many all episodes right, Keiko's right, right. in. Well, I assume that she was in more. If you've seen this episode, you know that minimally she gets she marries uh, O'Brien by the end of the episode. That's so unless true. something terrible happens, then... <laughs> Second officer's personal log, stardate 44390.1. Record entry for transmission to Commander Bruce Maddox, Cybernetics Division, Daystrom Institute. So Bruce, the guy that wanted to take Data apart in measure of a man, you know, Data holds no grudges. I love that. I love it. Um, That he was such a douche in in the other episode... 
but he clearly, you know, had learned the value of of data and uh, and was still interested and uh, to the point where where they now they've built up a, a relationship. I really love it. Uh, a rapport, if you will. Commander a rapport. In reference to your most recent letter, I agree that your study lacks sufficient primary source information on my programming and operation. Therefore, in response to your request, this correspondence will include a complete record of my activities during a normal day, with particular emphasis on my perceptions of friendship. Oh, I love a night watch, Andy. How? Commander Riker. You were 15 minutes early. Well, it's a very I special I never day. know when I ask I a question if I should wait for you to pause it or not. Um, I, I, like, I like the idea of you asking questions and then, uh, what's up? Um, I don't know. Do you feel like I'm, I'm making the right decisions in my life, Matt? Do you think I'm... I don't know if this is the right time to... I mean, some of your decisions I've agreed with. Uh-huh. Okay. Um... I was going to ask, what was the name of the other guy, uh, the other guy who tried to take data apart and prove that he wasn't a person? That was in Measure of a Man, right? Or was this Measure of a Man? This is Maddox is the guy. Maddox is Measure of a Man. What's the other one where the guy tried to... Admiral, uh... Admiral Hogan Mogan? (laughs) Admiral. Wasn't Hanson. It was an admiral, right? He was an admiral. Anyway, I kind of feel like that guy would have been a better one because he had more of a turn at the end. Go to... Oh, that was the one with the data. Lal. Lal, right. Uh, L-A-L? Well, that was her name, but the episode was called... Type Android. Data has a baby. I think it was data. small data. I think it was... Baby uh, data. I think it was three lieutenant commanders and a baby. <laughs> That's a great idea for something. <laughs> um, I have the thing. I'm trying to find... Look, for, look for appearances of LOL. Okay. Where right. would that be? be I have LOL on the be page. Like it's one of these things, right? Uh, anyway, he's going to figure that out. Do I think it would be better? No. I think that the more impactful person in this uh, run of things is uh, Maddox because of the trial. In, uh, in either event, I think uh, it, it, was, it was a great move. Love the beginning. Early on the wedding day. Thank you, sir. And love the night, the night I shift. I agree. Nervous, sir. However, I do sense a certain the offspring. anticipation mm. regarding my role in the wedding. Anything to report? All systems are normal, sir. Sigbay reports that Lieutenant Juarez went into labor at 0400 hours. We remain at station awaiting the arrival of Starship Zukov, and guest quarters have been prepared for Ambassador Tapel. Thank you. I have the bridge. Aye, sir. Begin day watch. By the way, I really like seeing uh, Riker, what he does on the bridge when Picard's not around. Yeah. He's just like, begin day watch, and like really, really makes himself comfortable. Commander Maddox, I found it <laughs> difficult to maintain the friendships. That's right. Human now I'm in charge of this like it, It's an exaggerated uh, sort of sit, you know? It's like a really, like, I'm going to cross my legs. Eventually, I developed a program enabling me to predict human emotional responses to specific actions. You know, his program that he's developed might be the explanation for us assuming he has emotions but doesn't know it. I'm sorry, say again? The program he's developed. Yes. To anticipate human emotional responses. Uh-huh. Might be why we think he has emotions so much. It might be part of that program kicking in. I'm not following. Okay. Someone no. out there listening is Explain it to me. You know how we're always like, Data has emotion, but he doesn't know it? Yes. This just revealed that Data has written an emotional program for himself 
to anticipate the emotions of people around him. Part of me is just is. is I see. You're saying that when that is that is uh, in operation, that is what creates the illusion. When we're seeing that, maybe he's not specifying enough, though, that it affects how he acts in response. Um, right, but I'm saying, you know, there could be a subroutine on But that without program. question, it is all over this episode, evidence of like, oh, this guy's got emotions. What are we even talking about? This is absurd. Just because he smiles at his cat? He does a million things in this episode that are like, oh, that's a guy with emotions. Come in. It is time for the wedding rehearsal. I know. Data, I've decided not to go through with it. You do not wish to rehearse? No, I'm calling off the wedding. May I Whoa, Andy, what is that? Is it a wedding song? A calling off the wedding right song? To do. Calling off the wedding song. Have your feelings for Chief O'Brien changed? I'm supposed to be getting married, Data. I should be happy, but I'm not. I just feel this weight pressing down on me. Will canceling the wedding make you happy? Yes. He'll probably be just as relieved as I am. Data, you introduced us to each other. You mean a lot to both of us. I would really appreciate it if you would talk to Miles for me. If you wish. Love it. A little bit of pipe there. (laughs) Does it bother you? Pipe is exposition. Um, No. I mean, you have to do it. I have no problem with it. To make sense, I have no problem. I I am on board with my friend Chief O'Brien. Often says that above all else, all of this. he wants to make Keiko happy. Since canceling the wedding will make her happy, I must conclude that Chief will be pleased at her decision. I have good news. Oh, <laughs> Keiko has made a decision designed to increase her happiness. She has canceled the wedding. She what? Cancel the wedding today? <laughs> I like Jordy. Awkward. <laughs> it's not a comfortable situation. For shyly, selfish, irresponsible things to do. So here's what I would say, Matt, based on your theory. Yeah. Um, I think that that program would have made Data act how he does in this scene, which well, does that's not what, indicate that's what that the he writers has, want you to say. But I don't think it indicates that he has emotions, which was usually we usually look at stuff and go, okay, clearly has emotions. Look, he was reacting. Well, to he's the situation. smiling. The smile, and yeah. then on top of that, you know, we'll—I mean—we'll get to each of the moments, but but I will also say I love the uh, uh, I love the um, the uh, Keiko and uh, O'Brien are acting like human beings. She's, oh yeah, we're she's there. having a meltdown. She's having, He's all pissed off because uh, she's, she's got wet. She's got dry feet, wet feet, dry so cold. What do they call it? Cold feet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's got feet. Her? Uh, I mean, in the future, it might be something different. And he is acting like a fucking drunk O'Brien. <laughs> Whoa. Next time. We don't have any evidence that he's drunk. <laughs> Commander Maddox, it would appear that my... Do you feel like the when they were writing the score for this episode, the flute guy was like, finally. Finally. Oh, this a, a lyrical episode. My <laughs> episode. What about the tuba? Designed to pro- Fuck you, tuba. Oh. Emotional responses needs adjustment. So, uh, yeah, big, big flute episode. Yeah. 
I like the big flute episode. Big flute episode. It's my commentary. I'll see you guys later. Uh, and of course, the number I wrote down before the, we started talking about this episode was the number of times the flute is played. Sure. Um, can I just go back for a second? To what, Andy? Everything in there was great. The day watch. They they keep the lights dim at night for the night night shift. I think it's honestly I think it's for people on a spaceship's internal chronometer uh-huh. to know that it's night. Do they do, do they do that all over the ship then? I guess you know we never right? see it, but I would imagine they do. <laughs> honestly, I guess it. I guess Wouldn't you imagine that they I guess would? That makes sense. Like it's like it's, when you're in an airplane at night, they right. turn the lights off. Do they? Yeah. Oh, in an airplane. I think you're saying in an airport. They don't do it in the airport though. That's true, but the airport usually isn't running 24-7. It's running late, isn't it? <laughs> I feel like no. when stuff is, when planes are delayed, don't they? You're always well, sure, playing yeah. there. You come in the airport. So it's there 24 yeah, hours, think, isn't think, it? Do you think they need to have the lights dim for you in the airport? I don't think they need to, but they clearly could make that decision. Or would that be more depressing? I don't know. It's really up to us. We run airports. Anyway, the other thing I was going to say is... Uh, I love that um, Keiko just tells him, like, she doesn't want to handle the situation. So she's like, hey, uh, Data, can you tell the guy that I don't want to... I would love to have that guy in my life. She's doing it like a human being, hey, too. can you handle First, this? First, compliment him. Can you go You mean a lot to us. Tell my family I won't be able to make it home for the holidays. <laughs> you mean so much to us, Data, which is why it's you who can gets you, to tell him. Can you fire this guy, please? I don't want to fire this guy. He's really going to be upset. Mm-hmm. Today include four birthdays, two personal transfers, a celebration of the Hindu Festival of Lights, two chess tournaments, one secondary school play, and four promotions. You're telling me on the Enterprise, on a given day, between a thousand people, they need to have two chess tournaments today? There's a lot of nerds on that ship, pal. It's a little crazy, though. Like, why can't we all participate in the one chess tournament? <laughs> you don't know. There's a lot of there's different uh, divisions. Look, you know? they got. A, by the way, you know, there's a pyramid of divisions that are working toward the top. I'm a sucker for day-to-day operations on board the Enterprise, and this episode delivers that in plenties. You know, it'd be hilarious is if uh, Data just won every chess tournament. And people hated him for it. By the way, look at this Brent Spiner turn. Yeah, this, he's really this, this lean into the turn situation that's happening. It's like here. a motor motorcycle turn hugging oh, that curve. An ordinary day. The Zukov is ready for transport, sir. Energize. This is who fills in when O'Brien's, O'Brien's getting hammered. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome aboard the Enterprise, Ambassador. It's like a Darth Vader outfit that. this lady's wearing. I mean, should that not be your first indicator? Oh, that she's evil. Yeah. <gasps> Come yeah. on. Good job. Very deliberate. Good job, Ward. Actually suggested by the flute guy. Since I am That's not true. affected by emotional considerations, I am closer to being Vulcan than human. However... Let me ask you this. Okay. Do you think Data is writing this in his head right now? Oh, good point. And does he just plug in and shoot it off without actually tippity-tapping it on a, yeah. on a console? Maybe. That would certainly save time. While their devotion to logic does have a certain appeal. I do like, look at that. I like the way Data's like, just like. <laughs> just side-eyeing her. Mm, I'm going to stare at you. Find their stark philosophy to be somewhat limited. Slam. See, because he then does the, for the emotional, of, of the, the thing of limited. Like, he turns his head on, right. based on the VO. That what that's so I'm thinking that he is, right honestly, now. we're hearing what he's writing in his head right now. It's true. So, everyone rewatch the episode with that in mind. Come. 
Ambassador Tapel. I come to serve. Your service honors us. This is my first officer, Commander William Riker. Leave us, please. Ooh. <laughs> Rough. Will, you owe me $20. You're not going to be able to sleep with this one. <laughs> <laughs> Charming woman. <laughs> really? I think that's... Will's taking that a little too hard. Well, he had to lean into it for the... The way he just stares at the door. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you weren't closed, I'd... Uh, oh, why I oughta... The tone of Commander Riker's voice makes me suspect that he is not serious about finding Ambassador Tapel charming. My experience suggests that, in fact, he may mean the exact opposite of what he says. So this is totally being narrated, right? As he as he goes, yes, because he just then he just said the tone of Riker's voice right now suggests, like, you know, it'd be funny as if he had a little speaker at the back of his neck and we actually heard him narrating <laughs> as he was going through his day. <laughs> just a little thing I put in there, Data, so the townspeople wouldn't be afraid of <laughs> is you. That Irony is song. Yeah. <laughs> That's a pretty good <laughs> song you got there. You don't need a haircut. What a useless impression. Uh, <laughs> Let me tell you, I love a Bolian barber. I'm very excited about this. Is this the first indication? I've certainly heard a lot about Mott. This is Mott, right? I I, I don't know if this is credited as Mott. Mm. I'm Mott sure. (laughs) God, you are in fine, horrible form today. (laughs) You guys, I did it. I would need to be back here so soon. (laughs) I know you want to look beautiful, but I'm just a barber, not a miracle worker. I think this might be just a different Bolian and not mine. Try to keep my ears on straight today, all right? Let me see. (laughs) Friendly insults and jibes, another form of human speech that I am attempting to master. It says Matt Tufo is barber. Let's see if Matt Tufo plays the other. I consider Jordy to be my best friend. Here for a trim? My hair does not require trimming, you lunkhead. What? My hair does not require trimming. Lunkhead? I am experimenting with friendly jibes and insults. It was not meant as a serious disparagement. (laughs) Well, just don't try it on the captain. No. Jordy, I am still confused by Chief O'Brien's reaction this morning. Mm, Yeah. He was just surprised, Ada. He didn't mean to blow up like that. By the way, I do think Jordy's hair is as long as we've ever seen it. Yeah, is he allowed? Is does he allowed to let it get shaggy? I think he can let it get however he wants. I don't think they have hair regulations in the uh, in Starfleet. You don't really see people with crazy hairstyles, though. I mean, other than sort of alien stuff, it doesn't doesn't seem like it gets that long. Seems like it's always pretty well kept. Troy's hair is kind of insane sometimes. Yeah, I guess she she dances to the tune of her own drummer. She's just getting cold feet. Cold feet, jitters, a nervous reaction to an impending event of great importance. Right. Don't worry. Oh, so that's a different barber. She'll change her mind again. She will. Absolutely. So you believe that the marriage will still proceed? Trust me, they're gonna get married. So you'd better find a gift. I love it. Now they gotta go to Giftville, which is just a replicator station. I Which makes me t- go like, well, why would you even bother getting me this gift? You just replicated it. Yeah, I guess that it must really be the thought that counts in the future. We were both orphans rescued by Starfleet officers. 
In many ways, we are both still outsiders in human society. Are you here to find a wedding gift? Yes. I would appreciate your help in selecting an appropriate item. Of course. I love that. I have attended human weddings before. I love that he just, he asks him a, a you know, a, a casual social <laughs> request and he turns it into a, a direct order that he, that he wants to execute. That's yes, an sir. awesome Worf moment. Yes, sir. I like that Worf was looking at chairs. That was up on his screen. Uh-huh. Like he's like really uncomfortable with that giant ball chair he has in his uh, quarters. He was looking for a new chair. Oh, yeah. this is a traditional gift. Yes, my adoptive parents often give these things. They're champagne flutes, Worf. You know what they are. He doesn't dig them. At family weddings. They're not goblets with spikes on them. Custom. Hold. It is my understanding that the item selected should reflect the personality of whoever is giving it. This does not remind me of you. <laughs> Love the look. Have you ever been an actual participant in a human wedding? No. <laughs> you would not consider it to be an honor? Okay, stop it for a second. So this, he has heard his tone. He just said no. He didn't say anything in the sentence that would have indicated that he would not consider it an honor. But he just talked about the tone of voice of people 45 times. Like, he just said it about Riker Riker, being sounding sarcastic. But he was was only basing that on context. He wasn't basing it on tone. No, he said, judging by the tone of his voice. Did he say tone? Yeah, he literally said tone. That's his program, for sure, kicking in. Okay, fair enough. You've disproved I think that, But I think where you have a bigger case yeah. is when T'Pel asks him for the codes mm-hmm. for the security clearance. That he knows something's up and it's only based on... Yeah. 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 Subtext. You'll get your, you'll get your aha moment, Andy. Don't worry. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, don't think I, I don't think I need to stack up evidence of him being all over the place. often involve a great deal of talking and dancing and crying dancing he's gotta go learn to dance so of course he goes to Crusher Data's doing a ton of creepily watching people in this episode by the way but I think that's the thing when Data's not on camera mm-hmm. this is what that's he's what he's doing, doing the entire Honestly, time he's being don't you think weird... he's observing people constantly I guess he is but that should have been and something. people are just like used to the fact that Data's gonna be a weirdo Sung should have programmed into him not to be a weirdo, though. I did, but when I had the sta- the speaker put in his neck, <laughs> so everyone knew when he was staring. It was because he was constantly talking. He's constantly talking about what they're doing. Learn how to dance. Why me? It was in your service record. Awarded first prize, tap and jazz competition, St. Okay, Louis okay. Have I said something to upset you? It's just that that was a long time ago. And I don't want to be known as the dancing doctor again. Then your answer is no. All right, but let's keep this between you and me. Of course, doctor. Commander Data, please report to the bridge. I wish that Data unzipped his mouth. <laughs> that would have been amazing. To, or he zipped it. Like, he just, like, that would have been a great little And then he should have... He actually zipped his mouth. <laughs> what a crazy effect budget. <laughs> I loved it. I programmed it with mouth zippers. 
it's, it would probably only, uh, you know, happen when the once or twice in his life. When the crystalline entity came, I said, thank God I put the mold zipper in. It's going to be a useful I want bit. a tactical projection of possible Romulan deployments along the neutral zone. Access all Federation records on the subject and report to my ready room. Captain, is there a specific area you wish me to study? No. Ambassador. Number one, set a course 130, mark 246, warp 7. That will take us very close to the neutral zone, Captain. I'm aware of that, number one. Proceed. Lay in the course. Flute guy. guy ready. Sure you don't need a little flute in the scene? I don't think we do, but I guess they just have a little bit of this. A sudden course correction toward the neutral zone would make me very... He's nervous. He's tapping He's his finger. He's tippity tapping his finger. He notices it. I mean, it's just like, I don't I don't know. Whatever. Uh, so, Andy, let's watch uh, Spot feed his cat. I mean, Data feed Spot. Is this the first time we see Spot? I think it is, right? Oh, wait a minute. I think Isn't I have mentioned this before. Let me see if I can look it up. Andy's looking it up. Uh, yes, data's day. A lot of beeping happening in data's. Well, he probably doesn't turn. I assume you have that option to turn everything down, and he just doesn't care. Hmm. Cat. He's I got like, a cat. I like your explanation, Andy. Run. Just like me. Just like Omar Little. Diagnostic complete. All systems functioning within normal parameters. <laughs> looks like he's desperate to get away. <laughs> Come in. Am I intruding, Commander? No. Would you care to sit down? When one of my friends is distraught, I have learned that the thoughtful thing to do is to attempt to make him feel more comfortable. May I offer you some refreshment, Chief? No, thank you, sir. I think he's had enough. <laughs> First of all, I'd like to apologize for the... My only offensive thing are my impressions of apologize. Irish people. I say I nothing not else about their habits. I'm just speaking of Chief O'Brien. Is Chief O'Brien known to be a, a enjoy the partake of the sauce? Certainly on Deep Space Nine. Yeah. You know, they go to Quark's quite a bit, huh. drinking with Bashir. All right, I don't Would know you if like it was a, a characterization. Or a more comfortable chair to sit upon. No, sir. Thank you, sir. Perhaps you would like some music. Brahms, Aurelia. No, really, sir. I'm fine. I came to ask for your help. A bagpipe. I'm Irish. Sorry. <laughs> it's about Keiko. I'd like you to talk to her. Convince her to go through with the wedding. Would Counselor Troy not be a more appropriate choice to speak with Keiko? She already has. Didn't help. Surprise, surprise. You've known her long. <laughs> I just thought she might listen to you. <laughs> Wish Dana said that. Surprise, surprise. That came out of his next speaker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Really Nothing. <laughs> I do not know what to say to her. Well, just talk with her. Make her see reason. She's going off half-cocks, not thinking this through. You've worked with her for a long time. She respects your opinion. Does that mean like they previously served to, with each other? I don't know. 
I would love to know the backstory of how they became close. Maybe he's into plants because they're more alive than he is. Are you excited about the Arboretum? A little you bit. Do not seem happy. A little bit. <laughs> Doesn't seem like there's going to be that much action in there. <laughs> Your decision was based on the assumption. A couple throwdowns happen in the Arboretum eventually. Oh, really? Yeah, this sure. To be I feel like they should have done more with the walls. They got those cold walls. Since your actions did not produce the... De- cold walls and warm plants. You know what they should have done is had it be holodecky and make it seem like it's outside. But then why not just go to the holodeck? Yeah, I guess that's true. Keiko talks to you. Why do they not talk to each other? <laughs> that's a good question, Data. I wish I had a good answer for you. Perhaps when they're ready, they will. Many aspects of this situation are puzzling to me. I've been studying various texts on the subject of marriage, but I have not found a suitable guide. A suitable guide for what? In an effort to be helpful, I am attempting to calculate the variables involved in a successful marriage. <laughs> Good luck. There are many opinions. On Galvin You've got a lot of info about marriage weddings, is considered Andy. successful. Sure does. I will not grow old. I jumped ahead. Data? That's reasonable. <laughs> You do have a lot to offer. Commander Data, this is Ambassador Tapel. Please report to my quarters. <laughs> Acknowledged. I got a ridiculous. I got a ridiculous. Um, I don't remember what we call it. Secunda's claim to fame <laughs> for Troy <laughs> for Keiko. I was just oh sure out okay. What it is. I don't like. Oh, here it is. Okay. This, of course, is... Kunda's claim to fame. I know him from something big. It's, uh, I know Rosalind Cho. Chow? C-H-A-L? How would you say that? C-H-A-O, Chow. It was was Keiko. Uh, From Aftermash, which was the (laughs) short-lived... The short-lived... I guess from Mash, too, because I think Klinger marries her, and then she's also in Aftermash. Way to go, Klinger. (laughs) Um, wow, she's had a long career. I'm sure there's a bunch of other stuff. That might be one of the Kojak. longest IMDb's I've ever seen you pull on this show. Yeah, it's really long. She's probably got 9,000 credits. Like, I'm not even exaggerating. She probably has, honestly, uh, 200 credits. ton of stuff. A ton of episodes in different strokes. Falcon Crest. Uh, oh, she was in A-Team. Um... It's interesting how segmented people were between movies and TV at that time. People were really looked down on for being on TV. And it was hard to make the crossover. We're still looked down on for writing it, buddy. I don't know if that's true. I mean, our show, maybe, but... Six feet under. She had a big part. Enter. The OC. The same safeguards as the ship's computer. Oh, so this is sort of the moment. 704. The code is... You have priority three clearance aboard the Enterprise? That is correct, Ambassador. I require information on this ship's defense and navigational systems. Access code Kappa Alpha 4601704. The code is valid. What is the field strength of this ship's deflector shields at maximum output? May I ask the purpose of your request? I require this information. Is the same that safeguards as the ship's computer. Therefore, I must report any inquiry regarding restricted information to the captain. Your reaction suggests you do not wish the captain to be informed of your inquiry. 
I was not more of that. You know, it's more of his uh, program. It's true about emotional responses for a race that has no emotions. Well, she, I guess, is revealed to have emotions, which is part of the funny thing about this characterization, is that she's kind of, it's kind of like a Romulan doing an impression of a Vulcan, so it's kind of smart that there, she's almost overplaying her yeah. hand as someone emotionless, and then every once in a while she'll, like, glare at somebody. Yeah. It's like, that's not what a Vulcan would do. Information. I was curious as to your security safeguards. They appear to be adequate. Cancel the request. You may leave. Request canceled. Bye-bye. So, what do you think of the tap dancing tap scene, buddy? In progress. I gotta tell you, pal, I loved it. What? <laughs> I know. I did not see I that did. coming. I don't think I've ever liked well, what do you think? Dr. Crusher as much as I like her in this episode. I think the problem is that they made her be doctor. She should have been Ship's dancer. She should have been Ship's just personable person. Ship's choreographer. Ship's she is teacher. A, she's delightful in this episode. She underplays everything. She's comedic in the right way. She has a, that this scene is a, so funny and charming. Do you think they asked for Vaseline to be placed on the lens? Or? Probably to make it more. Well, no, I think they did it just seriously just to cover up Brent Spiner's double. Oh, yeah. That um, because that's, you know, that's tr- that's McFadden dancing. But I wonder if it's like a holodeck thing. She could be like, well, make it look like there's Vaseline on the lens. Yeah, make it like soft lighting. Make it, make it a soft lighting. But you know, also what they do in this scene so well the is they... Studio, I, my first dance I think they're really logical about how they have him learn from her by watching and then tapping and then he can't do it when he can't see her feet. It's just a really smart way of handling Data's abilities. Let's start Mm -hmm. with something simple. Stomp, hop. Try it. Again. Good. Good. Am I dancing, Doctor? Not quite. Stop, Data. Now try this. Uh, Doctor... Perhaps it would be beneficial to teach me the final lesson. Big shot. This is uh, captioned as complicated tap rhythm, which I enjoyed. (laughs) That's great. All right. Still Brent Spiner, not Brent Spiner. love it it's a logical way to get into this too when would you ever see a scene like this all the other times they have people doing these side stuff on tng i feel like it's completely shoehorned and weird and inorganic this is totally organic to what data is going through and then it's a totally delightful sequence this whole thing's gold right up until the end when the he has the the fake hologram lady dancing and then they, they spin around and he's doing the fake smile it's a great it's a perfectly timed comedic reveal Brent Spiner and Gates McFadden worked up their own dialogue as well as their dance routine during after hours rehearsals mm. and the lines they created were later accepted by the script writers the director though took credit for Data's pasted on smile at the end of the dancing scene Who and is this Cliff Bowles? This is Robert Weimer. Robert Weimer. Good job, Robert Weimer. Uh, Spiner, who Weiner said did 99% of his own tap routine, but was modest enough. I'm sorry. He did 99% of his tap routine, was as good as his double, but was modest enough to let the double perform to ensure the routine's quality. Huh. Look at that, Spiner. 
The writing staff toyed with the idea of a shipboard marriage for some time. Pillar at one point even quietly inquired about marrying Picard off to provide some new story dynamics. Pairing O'Brien with the female con officer slated to replace Wesley was also considered. <gasps> What's her face? Interesting. What's her name? The uh, Allen, right? Something Allen? Shelby Allen? No, it wasn't Shelby. <laughs> yes, but you you're know, being a we've blondist. <laughs> Joan Allen? Was it Joan it Allen? It was Joan Allen. <laughs> uh, oh, wow. Man, that girl, that lady, that woman, must have really... Uh, must have really stepped on some toes or done something. Tickled some feathers. Because she was, like, lined up to be a really major Mrs. character. Mrs. O'Brien. Yeah. Uh, but they might have just decided they need a, need a little more diversity. Finally, a wedding was proposed for the Day in the Life episode. Uh, hang on. I'm getting a work text. What a time. In the meantime, um, I'm going to say that uh, it was not Mott the Barber. Uh, it was a character named Vassal that was a different Bolian. There uh, you go. That's very good. I like uh, the different. I like uh, being was, able to recognize races and different people playing them. It was played by Shelley Desai, who was born in Bombay, India, and I think you heard a little bit of the accent. Did does Mott have an accent as well? Hmm. I don't know if Mott has an accent. All right. Well, this is not Mott the Barber, but Mott was a bullion. Hang on. I'm sorry. I'm talking to him. And I continued with the thing. I apologize. He's talking to me as I'm texting back work. We both got a lot of work stuff going on today. We apologize. It's Sunday at 7 p.m. I'm going to look up Mott and see where Mott was from. Or is is that jumping ahead? Yeah, uh, Mott looks, is jumping ahead. This this Bolian looks totally different. You definitely. That was your Bolian. <laughs> uh, bo- Weirdly, Bolians are the only people I can an tell the difference between. Stop data. Oh, I was reading about this. So they decided to make uh, uh, Day in the Life Story and Keiko was conceived. The part was played by Rosalind uh, Chow. Uh a close friend of Elizabeth Shelby Dennehy. Ooh. How did uh, she get... How, how are they still in touch with Dennehy? Who? I don't know. I've gotten in touch with, and I really apologize. Uh, loads of Enterprise uh, trivia can be found in the story. Uh-huh. Uh, Stardate 44390, for example, is the 1,550th day since the Starship's commissioning. Interesting. Uh, I love it. Okay, so back on board uh, here with the dance lesson that you don't really need to hear because it's a lot of tapping, but we, Andy and I agree, it's a great episode. Official dance partner. And don't be afraid to experiment. I will. Thank you, doctor. Computer, create dance partner. Female. Seems a little closed-minded. Honestly, I feel like the computer should have said, which species? Oh, yeah. That's what the female should. That, that's what the computer should have said. It's true. I assume, unless it's just going by the fact that this is based in St. Louis, this dance studio. Uh-huh. So, so they were just like, well, sort of period Earth. In this time, we wouldn't have any other uh-huh. races, but or uh, maybe the computer decided that it was a human wedding. <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure. Or maybe the computer's just a dick <laughs> that doesn't acknowledge the importance of alien races. <laughs> by the way. I love seeing Riker like this. 
Then just as the headsman swings the axe and the blade is about Commander to fall... Commander Riker's easygoing manner and the hell is this story is fascinating to me. I believe it to be one reason he is so popular among the crew. It may also be... It's a great question. I think it's, he's probably just... I feel like he's... like he's telling a story about Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, I think he might be. Um, responsible. Which he's telling them all he wrote. There are a lot of memes about him sitting on the panel, right? No, I don't know. No, I don't know. I saw something with somebody sitting on the panel and he shot off a bunch of stuff. Oh, that was me with Picard. Oh, I see. And uh, Riker. I saw something else. Maybe, no, maybe somebody me. made a thing off of what you said. Well, look, you know, look, I if, can't I track... to, if I got to run an Instagram account, you guys would be seeing memes that I make all the time. Well, we're getting closer Success and closer, FYI. We're, they're made. we're um, at something like 419 on our Patreon. Once it hits 500... We need 9,000 people to sign up. Um, side note... Uh, <laughs> that shot of the... Is she an ensign sitting next to Riker? Standing next to Riker? Uh, she is the, at the... She's the tactical officer right now. She must be the, the tactical s- officer the sh- on the day duty, night duty, whatever. The shot with her staring dreamily at Riker as he tells his anecdote is totes weird. Well, also the fact that uh, Riker is sitting on her entire sensor panel. Right. So if something is decloaking off the starboard bow, they don't know. Maybe that's Because Riker's reason. sitting on it. Maybe that's the reason she's staring at it. A correlation between humor and sex... Somebody pointed out research is clear. that you uh, you passive aggressively uh, cut me off ninety percent of the time by by starting the uh, starting the um, the, uh, the the episode again while I'm talking. Oh, that's not to cut Andy off. That's because I think that Andy can talk while the episode is playing. Doesn't it? Doesn't it sort of undermine whatever I'm saying though? If I'm speaking and then there, then there's suddenly a competing sound. Mm, it's interesting. Anyway, just a thought. They also, by the way, that person also might have been saying they were delighted by it. I don't remember. You know what? From now on, I'm going to use this tool. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure you, you were going to either way, so I was just commenting on it. Uh, I, this might be the scene where uh, we see Worf uh, be the embodiment of, uh, of uh, a, 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 a full-on, like, looks like he is, has an erection here. <laughs> Car to the bridge. All stop. Aye, sir. Sir, we have reached the designated court. Ambassador Vader. Hold this position. Long range scan. Captain, I am detecting a ship in the neutral zone. Configuration. Rock- this is it. This is, watch how excited Worf gets. Warbird. Yes! <laughs> Finally! <laughs> Hail the Warbird, he Mr. really Warbird. does do it. Just practically a double take from the back panel. Text only. You up. We are to proceed <laughs> to the agreed coordinates. Set course. Zero, three, seven, mark, zero, zero, five, warp four. Take us into the neutral zone, Ensign. What if they wanted to have the conference on the uh, Romulan equivalent of Disney World? Mm. Come to our finest theme park. It's in the neutral zone. <laughs> it's just like social yeah. influencer. Yeah, you're just like, yeah, this, this, this should be where we do it. Like advertisement. Captain, I note your defensive systems have been activated. As have yours. It was not meant as an accusation. Indeed, I salute your show of strength. I like this Romulan. Ambassador, we are honored. Again, we're at this angle, so we're at that angle on the view screen. It makes no sense to me. The honor is mine. (laughs) 
Like, I know the view Have screen is supposed to be three-dimensional, I guess. I will beam aboard their ship with no further delay. Ambassador, I urge you once more to reconsider. The Enterprise can accommodate a Romulan delegation without sacrificing our security or... Captain Picard, I find your argument illogical. Please carry out my instructions. Did they buy it? Yes. At the end, I said that his argument was illogical. Nice job. So obvious. So simple. <laughs> put your put your Romulan uniform back on. <laughs> High five. The God, Chief O'Brien. Uh, oh, here. getting married here, sir. Better transport Ambassador Pell to the Romulan oh, vessel. All right. Hi, sir. Mr. Wharf, maintain a lock on her signal once she's aboard. The first sign of trouble I want to be able to bring her back. Understood. Transporter activated. I wonder if it was... Captain. It was part of their plan to uh, to make it Worf's responsibility that he blows it. <laughs> well, no, it's O'Brien. Uh, O'Brien do, chief is yelling, transport emergency. That's true, but doesn't uh, he's I guess monitoring? That's also, Worf yeah, is the, monitoring the last the, the last directive to Worf though is to maintain a lock on him. Yeah. See your signal. Boosting power to auto sequencers. Engaging computer override. O'Brien, what happened TOS down there? Music. I'm losing the pattern. Trying to reestablish. Tuba guy going over there in the right ear. I've got my chance. Sorry, sir. <laughs> I wasn't able to retrieve the signal. The ambassador's dead. <laughs> I love how this is the fastest in Star Trek history that they have been willing to call someone in a transporter accident dead. Yeah. Not checking to see that the pattern has gone somewhere else. It's really blah, true. Blah, 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 blah. Because it's a B-plot. <laughs> yep. It's a B plot that I think honestly could have been a great A plot. A hundred percent. That's why I love it. Um, but it also would raise more questions that would never satisfactorily get answered, and thusly making it a B plot I think is brilliant. Thank Wait, you. it would get it make it raises questions that never would get answered. Yeah, in a normal episode, for it. if it was an A A yeah. plot. You don't think they would dig in more and have more of the... What happened at Tapel? The real Tapel? The bullshit mystery. Was there a real Tapel? Yeah, right. How long has this person been in the, uh, an agent? How did that happen? I'll say this. I think that you're right that they shouldn't waste time on an irregular episode, but I think that they would, which is why this is perfect as a B-plot. I, I think this is an excellent B-plot. It's great. I think we should have more like this. I agree. I think this, this should be the show. Day-to-day bullshit with a B-runner of crazy Star Trekness. Well, that would be the perfect Matt episode. I don't know if I'd that'd want to watch the, that. That'd be the Matt show that would constantly be happening. I wouldn't want to do that every episode. Fine. Every other. <laughs> but I would say it really I is can't find it. shockingly satisfying from start to finish. Satisfying. That's the... That's... That's... Because it's... I'm always... That's what I like about Star Trek is the interest... My interest in Star Trek seems to always be what the day-to-day operations are like. All normal. Tapel, by the way, is the played by Sierra Peshuer... Um, and um, she does she have a secunda claim to fame? She doesn't have a secunda claim to fame, other than this one that we're watching. And um, however, keep an eye out for her. She oh no, that's in what women want. Wait a minute, was there another what women want? There's about to be a what women keep want. Keep an eye out for her in what women want in 2018. Maybe? Except that there was one in 2000, and that was the one she was in. I thought it was. I was about to say, oh, she's still working, but I bet you. I bet she's passed on. Unable to still work. No, she's still alive, but she's. She doesn't seem like she's working. Oh, seems like you're alive, and I apologize. Stop working in assuming, 2002. But she was she was in the prior rendition of What Women Want in 2000 as woman at lunch counter. Keep moving. Normally, <laughs> any prior malfunctions on this transporter unit? You know yes. what? I'm also going to let Andy fumble and not play a clip again. 
Uh, I can fill the time. New thing. <laughs> I have a lot of notes that we so skipped kind over. Of fill the time. Fill the time. Fill the time. You got notes? Let's hear it. I love the Romulan shit. I will watch as much Romulan shit as they can throw at me. Yeah, the Romulans have yet to become uninteresting because they haven't really figured out what to do with them. And that's what makes them interesting is that we don't know a ton about Romulans. That's a really interesting point that it's like you're at the most interesting moments with an alien race when they're kind of teasing out. Like well, when you're past the, the early Ferengi part and then you're in the middle part where they're still scary. Yeah. But... Idiots. But they haven't figured it out yet, which yeah. I think we hit with uh, with the, the Klingons in the last oh, I see. season, which is why that was the most interesting part with them. Yeah, I find races that we know a lot about to be less interesting than, like, Romulans. Yeah. Any other notes, Andy? Uh, I really love the Romulan commanders. I like that he's not, like, who's the other guy that we see all the time? Um, Tomalak. Tomalak. I like that he's different than Tomalak, and Tomalak is more of a, a straight-out, aggressive person, and this one's more of, like, he's got a whole intrigue kind of, uh, you know, a spy thing going on, so he's much subtler, and he's teasing out Picard's responses. He's doing a lot of, uh... How do you call it? I feel like he's being more theatrical hmm. than other Romulans. I think that's fair. In fact, we replaced the transition coil only last week. Could there have been some sort of interference from the Romulans? Nothing that I could see. The shields were down. There was no power interruption. No. Su- Nothing that I could see. And this guy's blind. So what do you want from us? <laughs> Base bias. Chief, I can see everything perfectly. This unit better than you. Systems checked again, and I want a level one diagnostic on all transporters. Yes, sir. That is the yes, sir, of a man who knows his weekend is gone. Just and like he's mine. going to go do it. Their structure dissipated instantly once the pattern was lost. There were some organic compounds left on the pad, but there wasn't enough material to do an autopsy. <sighs> to die. <sighs> a transporter. Hardly a fitting end for one of the Federation's most honored diplomats. Follow-up question. How much of her diplomating was done as the spy? Well... Oh, that's such a good point. And was that spy good at diplomating? Yeah, how, how long mu- is this? Pre- this, this how is much why did she help the Federation this... while she was? And then here's the here's the follow up to that. She's an honored diplomat. She's deep, deep inside, and hmm. they're just gonna pull her. Like, do you know how impossible it is? I don't know why I'm saying, do you know, like we both know, but it must be impossible to get someone that deep inside the Federation's confidence. And then they're just going to pull her out? I think it was kind of like, oh, shit, we didn't really think they'd go for this whole peace treaty thing. This was not part of the plan. We are not ready to have a peace treaty. Why is the Federation going for this? Because they think the Federation is just as evil as they are. You know what I mean? Is this all about them trying to provoke a war? Because if they really want to provoke a war, I feel like there would be a lot other oh, ways. Oh, they can do it easily. I don't think they want it. to provoke a war. So That's their what problem. What is this all about? Well, I'm pitching that. My, I'm pitching the solution. Okay. What this is all about. What is it? They put her in there. Okay. And they're like, okay, I want you to go spy on the Federation. Uh-huh. For as long as you can. Okay. Um, and you know it will make sure that you stay there for a very long time. Yes. Pretend. All right. That you want to broker peace with the Romulans. Because this Federation scum will never come to peace with us. I see. I pretend. 
that that I'm trying to broker a peace, and of course it will fail. So I should do the utmost job that I can do. Yeah, you're gonna do as good a job as you can because they're never gonna they're never gonna go for that because they just want to destroy the Romulan Empire. Now, may I ask what? What happens if I actually do a wonderful job? I feel like you're... Look, I mean, the, the, it's never going to happen. But if that were to happen, uh, you can doubly make sure it doesn't happen by uh, making sure the meeting takes place in the neutral zone. All right. They'd be too scared to come to the neutral zone. All right. But leading up to that yeah. mission, yeah, yeah, yeah. I should do a, an amazing job. Well, you want really to really earn be their an ambassador right? of pre- peace. You really want to earn their confidence. Okay, yes, I, I want you to broker as many All deals right. as you can for them. Make All the right. Federation as powerful as Pawa. Okay. The Picard, Admiral Mendek is hailing. He wishes to speak with you. What's up? <laughs> you lose something. <laughs> I think he knows. We're still waiting, Captain. Is there a problem? There's been an accident. Ambassador Tapel has been killed in a trauma. We get casual, Riker. One more time. Oh, yeah, he really he is super chill during this tense moment. <laughs> what kind of malfunction? We are still investigating that. As soon as. I should have known the Federation wasn't serious about this conference. Admiral, I assure you, the Federation places the highest priority on this mission and its goal. Well played, Captain. Well played. So if they still keep going, you should pretend like you don't hear them and just leave. Okay. Starfleet opposes normalization of relations with the Romulan Empire, and so you are ordered to create an accident. You are mistaken. I am ready and willing to discuss the establishment of full diplomatic relations under the same terms. Worf is real angry back here. He's like, can I just hit the button? Can I just hit the button? As ambassador to Pell. Mendak is Alan Scarf, by the way, who uh, performed frequently at the Stratford Festival. So he did have a lot of, a lot of um, experience in the theater. Mm, upon Avon. Mm-hmm. I love testing a transporter. A lot of fun there. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't have time to give you another lesson right now, Data. That is not my purpose. Feels like. I would like to examine the remains. Doctor Crusher's hairstyle changes trans- drastically at various points in this episode. Well, at one point she's dancing. Oh, the day before that, it's a day before. I see. No, wait, it's the same day. It's day to day. Um, a lot is happening today. It's true. It's a jam pack. Right now. Have you compared the genetic code with the ambassador's last recorded transporter ID traces? No, well, that's not standard procedure. Why? I could be chasing an untamed ornithoid without cause. Data, you know the phrase. Why not just say it? Why are you doing this? I'm trying to be colorful. A wild goose chase? Uh Uh-huh. You got it. Computer, access the transporter ID trace for Ambassador Tapel. All right. There's the genetic record of the ambassador when she beamed aboard the Enterprise. Now, the breakdown of the organic material found on the transporter pad should be identical. Oh boy, something tells me. Mitochondrial structure fits the general parameters. It's not gonna work. change in the nucleotide basis. Hmm. There's a slight discrepancy in the base pair sequence. Those L cars don't look the same. Chemically, these are identical. However, the organic sample from the transporter is showing numerous single-bit errors. Like replicated material. Can you postulate an explanation for the discrepancy? 
I'd say the DNA was either mutated by the transporter during the rematerialization process. A supposition not supported by the transporter records. Or these aren't the remains of the ambassador. Oh, oh snap. I'm going to go to the captain. Uh, by the way, that's another scene where uh, she has one job and they have somebody else do it for her. She is. She's there to investigate the remains of the transporter death, and then uh, they have data have to come in and go. Have you checked this other way? But why would I do that? That's not a typical way of doing it. Oh, that's where the information was. Like why didn't you ever decide it? I feel like every scene that another senior officer steps into, yeah. that senior officer is doing what data does. Whenever it's like Picard, have you thought about blah 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 blah? Uh-huh. Then that's what it is. It's Riker. Any of them. They're always bringing. They're always coming with a solution. You're they're saying com- they're always entering scenes with solutions for the character who should be doing the solution, independent of it being Crusher. Yeah. You're feeling. All right, I'm willing to accept the that, only remaining. I feel like it. It happens, an disproportionate amount with well, two, two Beverly. Well, I think it it becomes obtrusive because I feel like she's presented as being wrong or not seeing the thing that somebody else sees so much of the time. I think it's like everyone's like, I'm not so good at doctoring. I'm going to go use the doctor computer. Uh-huh. Oh, hi, Beverly. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. From the divorce. Romulan transporters operate on a similar subspace frequency to our own. With only minor adjustments, they can be made to simulate our own transporter carrier wave. Are you saying they beam the ambassador off our own pad? While simultaneously a small amount of genetically similar material was left in the ambassador's place to make us believe that she had died as a result of the malfunction. Yes, sir. Pretty cool. Mr. Wolf, what is the Devorahs now? Here's a side note. The ship is still in the neutral zone. Why not just have Beverly report that information to all of them and cut the previous scene? Like the, Beverly comes in and oh, because Data's in charge of the investigation because he has to narrate the Sherlock oh, Holmes right, stuff right, of it right, all because right. he's writing a letter to Maddox right right okay. in, in his head the whole time yes and then so the it really has to be about Data in his neck it's his day it is Data's it's not day. Beverly's day. not Beverly's day not yet is I wish we got Beverly's that. day I wish that we actually got a is a great idea of doing that for seasons, every person I would love to see hundred percent on course zero seven nine mark one two five speed warp two. Heading for home. Very slowly. The safest and most logical decision in this situation is to contact Starfleet and await further instructions. However, based on past experience, I project only a 17% chance Captain Picard will choose that alternative. The speaker in your neck is right, Data. I am not doing that. All hands stand to battle stations. Oh, man, I can never f- do this when it's battle time. <laughs> the ops person has to get up and leave. Man, an oh. ship. Shields up. Load all torpedo bays. Stand by phasers. Warp factor eight. Engage. Uh, why don't we just keep the torpedo bays like loaded all the time? Why is that? Well, you got to so put, like, put probes in there and stuff. Oh, know? I see. Lots of things get launched. seems like you want to keep the weapons in there ready to go and then take them out if you want to launch a plural I feel like probe. it doesn't take that long. Uh-huh. You can fend them off with some phasers until somebody gets it ready. Nice. That was so loud and dramatic. Super loud. All right. Oh, by the way, I feel like there was a very John Williamsy score in this one because of the use of flute. I think the flute is the non-John Williamsy part. 
of function. Actually, I feel like some of the lyrics. Jaws. Some of the lyrical. No, no. I feel like the lyrical stuff is also John Williamsy, to be honest with you. And that you are holding Ambassador Tapel. Captain Romulan Warbird decloaking to starboard. Can I hit the button? I suggest you leave. Now. Admiral, it is my responsibility to protect the lives of Federation citizens. I will not permit this abduction to succeed. Captain, you're not going to start an incident. Admiral Mandek, I will take whatever action is necessary to obtain the return of the ambassador. In the game of poker, there is a moment when a player must decide hey, if why an are you opponent is being deceptive or actually holds a winning hand. This decision is based not only on the odds, but also on an appraisal of the man. Is he bluffing? Or does he have the cards? Fortunately, Captain, I am not ready to start a war today. So why did he... Why did he do this? Well, he assumed it would work. They'd get their sleeper agent back. and, and But why and does he want the sleeper agent back? I don't know. I'm not a Romulan. This is why the episode is not concerning us with this no. right now. I just want... Yeah. This, this, plot is, this plot is too complicated to work on Star Trek. Honestly. Mm-hmm. This, let me rephrase that. You know what? This we hear- plot is too complicated to work in one episode. How about this? Well, as a possible suggestion for backstory, the uh, the Tapel character existed, and then they switched out. That's a what fake. It, that's, that's, oh, that was what you said. Yeah, of course. Oh, I didn't. And I'm just wondering how long she had been the fake. Oh, oh, I see. When did they switch it out? I Where see. is the real Tapel? I thought you were saying that, that she was always a sleeper agent and just wasn't supposed to be good at her job, and then she was did such a great job. Oh, no, I'm saying that, like, how long had she been Tapel, right? Mm-hmm. So how much of those honors were hers? Right. And, you know, like you were saying, what was their plan? I think it's funnier if they actually put her in thinking she was never going to do it. From the job. start? Like, and they put her just in fresh out of... Just uh, kicked ass. Fresh this. out of Vulcan diplomacy school? Yeah. I like your hair like this. Then <laughs> <laughs> Wolf Picard gives him twenty more dollars. All right, you can get her. Selak, actually, a spy, a patriot, Captain. She has performed her service to the Empire with distinction. Thank you for your help, Captain. You see now that we are not holding one of your citizens. And we thank you for returning our sister to us. Isn't this an admission of... They're always, they're always sort of jostling for the upper hand kind of um, diplomatically. Mm-hmm. This seems like this is a straight out fuck you. It is, but it's also like, of course there are spies in the Romulan uh-huh. Empire that are there from the Federation too. Then side note, I feel like Selok should have been... A, an, a, I, I get the vibe that she's not, so I'm not even going to ask, but... Should have been a what? Like an ongoing nemesis for them. She like completely fooled them. <laughs> so and it would have been a female, different, different people, kind a female uh, commander. It's all these Romulan male commanders. There are, there are, you'll see, you see female more? commanders okay, coming up. Yeah, right. yeah. I mean, to this point, I you know it's unclear whether or not the Romulans are like the Klingon ships, where you you know you see like one woman here and there. Yeah, I like Mendo too. Over. I expect you to leave peacefully now. Captain, long-range sensors detect three Romulan warbirds entering the sector. Some days you get the bear, and some days the bear gets you. What are you talking about? 
the worst course. Take us back into Federation territory. Warp six. I like how. Why warp six? I like the annoyance of Picard there. That he can't fight him. That they have outwitted him, foxed him. Engage. It's true. You don't often see that. Yeah. That's kind of cool. I also would like it if Picard was like, oh, yeah, I have one more trick up my sleeve. And then a Borg ship came out of nowhere. (laughs) See you guys. (laughs) What a great shot. Going on inside the the Warbird to see the Emprise scooting out of there. I need your help. Oh, great. I have offended you and need to find a way to rectify my mistake. I am not sure what to do. You haven't offended me. I should not have interfered. It would be best if I apologize. It would be best if you got dressed. For the wedding? <gasps> oh. But Keiko seems Come here. like she's got some emotional stuff to work through. I have the most through. beautiful <laughs> carnation for the father of the... <laughs> True. To put right. it lightly. No, don't be nervous. I am not nervous. I am confused. <laughs> Because you know what's weird is, okay, fine, she changed her mind. The fact that she doesn't even acknowledge that she changed her mind, that's someone with some emotional issues. <laughs> I would have preferred that uh, this doesn't, this should be in the Arboretum. Oh, so true. You know what I mean? Like, Is this 10 forward? Yeah. Yeah, to- totes. I like that he has a carnation on. I don't know if that's Starfleet regulation. FYI, the reason that it probably wasn't in the Arboretum, um, here's a little inside baseball for you. Inside baseball. Um, is uh, that sometimes you'll write a bunch of scenes with like the same characters, so they'll be in similar places, and then it'll be like, oh, we gotta, we can't have this scene in the Arboretum, and then have this next scene in the Arboretum. So we'll have all the scenes with Keiko happen in the Arboretum and then whatever, because I totally agree with Matt. This next scene should have been, the wedding should have been in the Arboretum. But for variation, they put it in 10 forward. And we're all the better for it. Just kidding. And the person who plays the that Japanese instrument. Uh, it, his, was, it was his, his day. Too, yeah. It's the trombone player. <laughs> is that what that is? Yeah. He's like, the flute guy's like, try and keep up, buddy. <laughs> Since the days of the first wooden sailing ships, all captains have enjoyed the happy privilege of joining together two people in the bonds of matrimony. And so it is my honor to unite you, Keiko Ishikawa, and you, Miles Edward O'Brien, together in matrimony. There are still many human emotions I do not fully comprehend. Anger, hatred, revenge. But I am not mystified by the desire to be loved. Or the need for friendship. By the way, ceremony ran 43 seconds. So things I do understand. That's how long the ceremony should run, is your point? I just think it's like, why is why is Riker not in his fucking dress uniform? I know oh, he's, he's running. Not. He's running back to the bridge, but <laughs> everyone should be in their dress uniform. I'm offended by this. 
It's totally cute. Riker is not in his dress uniform. O'Brien, like it's crazy to me. Yeah, I guess he didn't run back to the bridge. He's just chilling. They must have a dress uniform for him, right? Oh yeah, sure. I found. Did this you just to be... program that baby not to cry? <laughs> I found this to be a tad out of character. Or did you find it to be a man who was outfoxed and is going to apologize to the baby? <laughs> I, I let you down. I, I was looking for Dr. Deserves a Matt fixed it sting. The war is child. <laughs> but not out of that. I don't think out of character, really. Yeah. In the, well, A, yes, he hates children, but we don't know how he feels about infants. First <laughs> he likes babies, but he hates he children. He could hate, you know. Yeah. All right, fair. And, uh, you know, what I do like is that we had throughout this episode, this this pregnancy was seeded in, in every act. Uh-huh. At the first thing, uh, Data reports to Riker when Riker takes over the bridge that she has gone in, that the lieutenant has gone into labor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Data goes back in there to ask for dancing lessons. The She's being examined, still in labor. Sure. Uh and then uh, you see the baby, uh, the final result of this. The baby's born. It's not every act, but it's, you know, they hit it enough. I like the baby being the tie-up, and I understand why you want it to kind of connect back to Picard. It just seemed a little bit out of character that he would be checking in on the new baby. I can see it as, like, in his he head, just, it's like being a captain. Is This is what a captain does, but... I also think he, like, got the report that the Juarez baby was born, mm-hmm. you know, when he handed the bridge over to Leg Cross and Riker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, eh, that's on the way. I'll go check on the baby. Well, sure. At the same time, we were facing destruction. This small miracle was taking place. A baby not fathered by will. Welcome aboard. <laughs> <laughs> you are truly an anomaly. Ah, oh, we're so bummed. Ah, uh, oh, man, I was captaining. Oh, yeah. How often do we see that? Well, he ta- he's doesn't he take doesn't Data always take over for Worf? On he's that fourth shift? in command, like that shift of whatever. Wait, where's Troy in that ranking? Unclear. Isn't she after Riker or is she after Data? Data's third. Data's the third. Third in command. Where's Worf? I feel like it's then Worf's job uh-huh. at that point. Well, certainly by this, because it was always Troy. O'Brien's. It was. I mean, it was always. Scotty's thing. He was, Scotty was third. Uh-huh. And then after Scotty, it usually would be like the helmsman. Do we ever see Scotty in the captain's chair? On TOS? Yeah, yeah. all the time. Oh, okay. Because well, they're never on the ship. Right. Spock and Kirk are always oh, right. on the planet. Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> are on course for Adelphus 4. Engineering is realigning the main deflector dish. Sigbay reports Lieutenant Umbato broke two ribs during a holodeck exercise. Cut to data ending a shift. How are you? I heard your ribs were broken. <laughs> Sensors continue the cap- together. The captain is also checking in on him. <laughs> Isn't it interesting that while we were looking at the Juarez child, he was breaking his ribs in the holodeck. <laughs> you don't have to connect everything. The, t- the, 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 the moment I was gluing together this pot. <laughs> being human is not simply a matter of being born flesh and blood. If it is instead a way of thinking, acting, and feeling, then I am hopeful that one day I will discover my own humanity. Begin Night Watch. Until then, Commander Maddox, I will continue... The uh, ensign learning. behind him 
has a very wide stance. Growing. And I, I feel like it's as wide as uh, Worf and uh, Riker do back there. I wonder if some of the people have to have a wider stance because they're taller and they got to have their hands hit the panel. Andy, I think you're onto something right there. I know. I hadn't thought about that. We both, I mean, but we know that like Dorn's huge. He's a, he's a tall man. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would think it would be difficult to become more. Could that guy be taller than Dorn? What I am. Does he be tall? Well, there you go, Andy. Data's day. Executive producer Gene Roddenberry. Good job, Gene Roddenberry. You did it. You Thank created a franchise. Thank you, Andy. <laughs> oh, good to have you with us again. Well, see you later. Um, should we just jump to the ratings? No. We what do we do? MVC. Sure, let's yeah. go for it. MVC. Are you sure you want the MVC? Is that not what we do? Are no, you just saying? I mean, are you sure because you're looking for it? No, I, we're we're about to do it. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, what's that going to be like, Andy? What are, what's going to happen? Well, it's the NBC, yeah, the NBC. Only Matt and Andy know who it's going to be. Will it be Data, Riker, Troy, or Dr. Crusher? If you don't like who they pick, just remember that this podcast is free. Uh, by the way, that is uh, comes to us from Anders Peterson. And uh, someone wrote in and complained that uh, the new MVC theme, the harmonies are uh, out of tune, whereas the old one, the harmonies were in tune. So, I don't ever remember them being in tune. Well, let's, uh, let's give it a listen. <laughs> well, it's the MVC, yeah, the MVC. Oh, that sounds more out of tune to me. Who it's gonna be. Will it be data? I think the distinction. Troy or Dr. Crusher gotta fill the time with something, at least until season three. I think it definitely sounds more in tune. I don't know if it's just more in tune because uh, the dominant of singing voice is so much louder than the than the uh, harmonies in that version. I oh, by the way, everyone, quieter. Uh, one of Andy's dreams uh, is to go to space and uh, learn how to harmonize. Those two things. <laughs> um, anyway. Oh, and to have a sandwich named after him at his favorite deli. I'll tell you anything. Sandwich, a pizza named after me, uh, what would sub. What would the Secunda have on it? Hmm. Of a pizza or of a mm, sandwich? Pizza. pizza. Um, definitely pepperoni. I think meatballs. <laughs> You've um, never been more excited about something in your life definitely definitely pepperoni uh, uh, oh okay, okay. Uh, maybe meatball I don't know ah. <laughs> it's really I really would uh, it's hard because I like the basics you know a, a margarita is really the, the, the pizza at all <laughs> whoa not a fan of just the basic margarita pizza hate it what are you talking about honestly that's insanity I don't like the fact that it's the, the, that there is so much space without cheese on a margarita. Wait, a margarita isn't always just the fresh mozzarella uh, with basil. I thought margarita was defined by just no. s- sauce well, and cheese. In my mind, it is not. 
Well, now I now I got to look this up. I'm not this saying is... I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm so, saying that in my mind, I I, I never thought no, that. No, if you're if that's how you're defining it, that I agree with. That that I'm not I'm not exactly. I like the basic classic pizza. Um, I think you like a cheese pizza, just like me and you. Yeah. Um, let's see. Is there a, is there a wiki? Is there is, does anyone know what the definition of a, just a regular mar- what a, what what is a this margarita is pizza? Fascinating. Pizza uh, margarita. Andy, I've never been more into you looking something up in my life. It's a typical Neapolitan pizza made with San Marzano tomatoes and basil, mozzarella, fior di latte, fresh basil salt, whatever. Yeah, that's it right there. Belief, yeah. That guy. And that is what he's describing. That's a Neapolitan pizza. That's a margarita. Then what do you call the regular one? Fucking cheese pizza, bro. Just cheese pizza, huh? Yeah, that's what you want. Well, that is I'm what I want. I'm on board with you now. Well, then I'm getting off this margarita train. All right, Come man. on board Cheese Pizza Town. I'm with you. If that is the case, then, yeah, I think he's right. All the, the Wait, this one's not. This one looks like <laughs> yeah, the other one. It does have a giant basil plant in All the right, middle of it. I don't know. Somebody somebody. But I think in. the vast majority of them, I always New think York of this. New York-style pizza. New York-style pizza. Yeah, New York-style cheese pizza. Ha-ha, <laughs> <laughs> I got you to say New York-style. <laughs> oh, I think New York uh, invented the good pizza. Oh, that's a that's an unexpected turn <laughs> for Matt to admit that. Oh my God, per capita, you can't like you can't you can barely you can't throw a rock in New York City without hitting a decent slice of pizza. Wow, this is a crazy crazy moment. No, the case, Andy, I, I told totally you a thousand agree. times my favorite pizza is yeah. Pizzeria Regina in Boston. Yes, but I think New York has by far the best pizza. So uh, definitely pepperoni. So given that, it's more about the preparation of the perfect slice. So um, if so it wouldn't be too much. Here's on the it, deal, but, everybody. But I would say this: pepperoni with a little bit of crisp on the pepperoni. That's very important. I like I like when a pepperoni dimples. Um, and uh, what else? What else would you put on it? Maybe maybe a little bit of. A fresh mozzarella on top of a new, of a New York slice, you know, just like a little bit, you know, peppering here and there. Like the extra cheese is a little bit of a fresh mozzarella. How about that? Uh, so fresh mozzarella, I mean, put on after it's come out of the oven. It's a regular cheese pizza with pepperoni, like a crisp, big hunk of mozzarella. Not on a it? big, just like a little bit here and there, just like a little extra cheese. All right, I don't know. I'm throwing it out there. I have to think about it. Look, I like a. What would you want? What would be a mat? It'd be a Bianca. What is that? A That's white, white? A white oh, pizza. really? Yeah. I really like... Marinara. The best pizza, I think, is just a slice of pepperoni, New York-style pepperoni. Uh, Done. Yeah. But I always get a slice of white. Huh. Okay. Uh, most valuable crew member. <laughs> most valuable pizza talking. Most valuable pizza. Well, I think that the probably the crew member that had the most to do with solving the mystery here is, uh, is probably Chief O'Brien. What? I'm kidding. Uh... Look, it's Data's day. I got to give it to Data. You know the only thing I'll say. Have your day, Data. Crusher was both instrumental in not as instrumental as I wanted her to be, in in the solution to the puzzle and in the dancing. <laughs> she taught Data how to dance for the wedding. True. Although Troy did kind of talk Data through figuring out the Keiko thing. Mm, it seems like honestly, it seems like. The way we saw Keiko yeah. in the sixth act here, yeah, she would figure it out on her own. I'll throw out this too. I guess he's not on board. Maddox is. Uh, I've tur- all turned around on Maddox. He must be a more decent human being. Sure, he's giving Data the uh, 
He's helping him on his journey to be human. I think that Data might actually be the decent one here. You think that Maddox is still yeah, a dick? Yeah, putting all their faces aside and going like, well, I'll help the guy with his research. It's possible. If it was the other guy, then I think I would I would be with you. Um, is it Spot? Um, yeah, I think it's got to be Data. It's Data. Data's day. Congratulations, Data. You pick up another award for your little case. Um, and with that, oh. We sit and watch and then we hang and talk But the podcast isn't over just yet How many Andy's does this episode get? Who'd like to go first? We've written them both down so we really can't change each other's minds I think I'm going to stick Originally I wrote 8.5 Yeah I think this is just a magnificent episode I, I just thought the, usually, I am not necessarily on board with Matt, where I want to see all the little ins and outs and the whatever. It was every part of it was interesting. All the details from the night shift to the to to the arboretum to the to just every all the details like were organic and made sense and were satisfying to watch. Loved the dance sequence. Didn't think I would love a scene like that. Loved it. Think Gates McFadden is amazing in that scene. Think. I think Brent Spiner is amazing in that scene. Love the specifics of how they handle Data's, um, the way his brain thinks and would pick up dancing. Uh, great side characters, of course. Miles O'Brien, very well handled. <laughs> I love that he has kind of a dysfunctional relationship with Keiko. Um, and then the Romulan B-plot really interesting. We obviously, Matt and I had some issues with the, uh, the handling. But it's interesting this. enough to go thank god we didn't spend enough time with this right and uh just really satisfying from top to bottom i'm sticking with my 8.5 i'm a half point higher everybody who's going on nine there you go according to both of us we wrote the same things down so you're sticking with your nine yeah i'm sticking with my nine all right what more another thing i like about this episode is it rewards the viewer yeah of Star Trek, uh-huh. someone who's been watching who who, stu- who has stuck with TNG through the fourth season like this, yeah, has always wondered these weird little things that they show on on this episode. Yes, of like who takes over, when do they take over, what's it like at night, what do they do? Do they ever just shoot the shit? Yeah, who gets a haircut? When do they get a haircut? Right. Mott is on DS Nine. No, he's on he's on TNG. Mott is the barber on the Enterprise. Oh, he doesn't cross over to DS9. Not that I know of. He okay. might. I don't know. You think you're Morn? I don't know. Oh. I don't know. Mott is, is bandied about a lot. Um, it's, it's a fun name to say. Mott. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only reason. I'm surprised that it only had one T. <laughs> so true. I love the Romulan shit. Give me as much Romulan as you can, I say. I'll see what I can do. I don't know. Take it up. I don't know if I can do it. Uh, all right, Andy. Thank you, uh, everyone, for uh, enjoying the show. We are now going to bag, go back into the uh, president's circle to say thank you to this month's members. Uh, if you uh, care to join, you can do so. Patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. Yeah. That's where it is. Uh, you want two extra episodes of this show a month? Well, quite frankly, we're there to deliver them. Last month, we did the second episode of the Orville, and we also did the next entry into the Marveling series that uh, the presidents keep voting for. 
uh, Iron Man 2. In which, right. in which Andy has a lot of problems with Black Widow being undercover as much as she is. I just I just want to see Black Widow. Whereas, Black like, Tapel, he doesn't mind that Tapel's good at her job. Here's the here's the comparison. <laughs> Tapel is constantly trying to get stuff done. She's trying to wheedle information out of Only data. Only in this episode. She's doing stuff. Who knows what she was doing on all those missions where she clearly spread peace throughout the galaxy. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I think Black Widow is as good as Tapel at being undercover. <laughs> I don't think uh, she was bad at being undercover. I just want to see her do more spy stuff. All right. If you want to hear hours of this, <laughs> join our Patreon. Uh, okay. We're going to pop back in there. Thanks, everybody. If you uh, are a member of the President Circle, it's time for your shout out. We shout out different names every week. And uh, if you're in the President Circle, you get a shout out uh, once a month for the month that you're in the circle with us. That's my jingle. Oops. Can we come in? Is it you? That's still the DJ's still in here. Sure. It's the running theme of the day. It's a real sad theme for President Circle. That's very funny. Uh, I gave you your sheet, Andy. Shall we? Very good. All right. Adam Rogers. What's up, pal? Adam Zed. Alan Zed is not accurate. You're 100. <laughs> Alan L. Alan a- Alex F. Dude. It's never every Every single time. Alex Whitehouse. Alexis Boursier. Amanda Bootwell. Amber Rehack. Slow down, Michael Stipe. He's not in here. Uh, Amy Giles. Anders Peterson. Thank you for the themes. Thank you, Anders. Off tune or on tune? Andrew. Andrew Burrow. Andrew Gibson. Andrew Ingram. Andrew Moberg. Andrew the Street Saint. Andrew Witzel. Andrew Angel Riviera. <laughs> you just saw. Oh, I love oh, it. I just, just Andrewed him. Angel Rivera the third. Uh, Anthony Rideout. Ben McClarty. Ben Roach. Beth Harrington. Brandon Davis. Brandon Kelliger. Brent Allard. Thank you guys so much. You're the best. Oh, is there? There's a, a second, second page, page, pal. I, I didn't know. I it's didn't December. Know. Oh boy. It's the present that keeps on giving. Thank you for celebrating your happy Honda days with us. <laughs> Did we get Honda as a sponsor? <laughs> <laughs> Brett Jarrett. Brett Euler. Brett Parsons. Brian Gullet. Brian Hellman. Brian Hughes. Bryce Bridges. Brian MC. <gasps> Is he our DJ right now? Maybe. Cece Sadler. Cameron Harris. Captain Andrew Hook. Oh, my God. He got around it. Carolyn Land. Uh, Chris Casamoro. Chris Dybel. Casimiro, I'm going to actually say. Chris Love. Chris Nedgewitz. Nice. Phonetic spelling, Chris. Thanks for you Good doing job. that. Christine Palmer. Christopher Colbert. Christopher Mulkowski. Christopher P. Gill. Chuck Day. Claire Powell Powells. Colin Chaddick. Uh, Cosmo Moore. Livingston Picard. Dean Nettleton. Dak Pete. Uh, Dak Pate. Uh, and Dan Kostelik. Phonetic spelling again. Our subspace message today. Guys, uh, so uh, thanks thank so, you much, so much, everybody. Look for the uh, posting. We for are subspace not going to know. Uh, 
look, the way voting is going, I would expect another Orville and another Marvel movie. Never know. Uh, some people are saying they would like something a little bit other than the Orville, so we should maybe come up with no a different shit. option. Me too, everybody. Whoa. <laughs> I love the Orville. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks uh, for participating and listening. And uh, look, I was trying to give you an hour and a half, and we gave you two hours. Plus, you're welcome. I should beam us out. Sure. Oh, no. I forgot this music video had news footage on it. Anyway, Andy, Matt, prepare your catchphrase. (laughs) (laughs) Me, me, me. (laughs) Descendant.